hello dear listener um this week we should have had a Diz Off Dark episode out which had uh, myself, Chris and Amanda discussing uh, the Disney listener questions um, we never got a chance to do it unfortunately holidays and other things got in the way so uh, apologies for that uh, to make up the shortfall because um, we're not able to record a Diz After Dark while people are away I got together with uh, my good buddy and uh, best pal in real life Waitu and we recorded a pop off dark, something we haven't done for a good few months. So um, there's talk of the World Cup, there's talk of wrestling, uh, there's talk about films, there's talk about me being racist for saying the phrase people of colour. Um, so if that sounds like your kind of thing, here is the episode. And if not, yeah, try it out. And if it really isn't your cup of tea, this After Dark will be back next week. So... Uh, Enjoy it in the meantime. Howdy, Dis After Dark listeners. Toy Story Land is opening up at Hollywood Studios on June 30th. Book now for some great summer deals and to see what's new. Take a ride on the Slinky Dog Dash coaster, ride the alien swirling saucers with the kiddos, enjoy a new third track on Toy Story Mania, and grab a bite to eat at Woody's Lunchbox. Remember, if you book with me, I'll take care of your dining reservations, fast passes, and create a personalized itinerary just for you and your family. Mention this ad to get $25 off your deposit. Reduce stress by letting me do the planning for you. I make the plans, you make the memories. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com and on social media at WPMagicJourneys. After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Are you working now? Yeah, debatable. Can I still hear myself repeating? Oh no, that's good, that's good. You know when you can just hear yourself talking back, and I hate the sound of my voice, so that's the last one I need to hear right now. Is that way I listen to any of the podcasts that we do? What, you listen to it? <laughs> so honest, though. <laughs> anyway, it's been, how long's it been? It's been, uh, isn't it June we last got together? What? talking about in what terms of length what since i spoke to you or since we were recorded or since yeah we since had, we recorded uh, since we recorded the, the listeners only care about when we last recorded oh, okay i love how you plural listeners 
We do have more than one listener. Who? Like, like the last episode got over a thousand downloads. A thousand downloads. There are a thousand people that need to question what they're doing with their own time. In my opinion, they're spending it wisely. Uh, am I able to turn hill on our audience? Um, I feel like I said that with a bit of a cold. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose you can do. There's no yeah. reason why not. If you want, I mean, do you want to turn hill on the audience? Uh, just Luke. It's Luke, what was that? Uh, I mean, I'm trying to fix the kids' <laughs> Kindle. Okay. I'm failing. I'm failing miserably. It's why this is why you don't get Kindles or Android devices. This is why everyone has Apple devices. Uh, don't go slagging off Samsung and Amazon. I've had no. I mean, granted, I cannot find my tablet anywhere. After giving it to my youngest, I've literally not seen it for approximately nine months. Oh, he sold it to me for a um, Oh, good price. Yeah. Um, I think I paid three times as much. Um, but no, I've had no problems with them. All the apps have disappeared off ours. Oh, really? On a kid's profile, yeah. So, and when you've got an autistic kid that wants to, can't figure out why a tablet's not working, you, that's, that's not something you want to be you want to be dealing with. Anyway. Yeah. Although like, it does sound like Dad can't figure out why it's not working. Oh, yeah, because it's a piece of Android crap. That's right. It's, it's not a piece like, of Android crap. Basic. Yeah, it's but, but basically crap. If you come Sunday, I'll fix it. No problem, mate. No problem. Whatever. Anyway. Good, good price. Have you tried putting it in rice? Yeah, I've tried turning it off and turning it on again as well. Anyway, uh, the, the fact is people are not listening. Well, people are or will be listening to this when it gets released about us talking about uh, tablets, especially uh, Amazon and, and Android tablets. Have you, ever t- have you ever taken any real drugs, Oak Dish? I'm addicted to Sudafed, like really badly addicted to Sudafed. Um, what, like really badly? Yeah. What, what is Sudafed? Is that the one that makes you go to sleep or the one no, that... No, Sudafed is, is the decongestant. It... it um, when you've got like a like blocked nose, you're only supposed right. to use it for three days in a row. I believe that's what Michael Caine said in the Italian job. He was only supposed to use the Sudafed for three bloody days. Um, no, Michael Caine said it in the Italian job. Shut up. Um, but I've been taking it for about nine years. So, nine years? Yeah, I've got, I've got a really bad problem, but it, it, doctors don't really want to operate on it. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I've, I've really got to go and see the doctor again. Anyway, um, was, that, so. was that drugs you meant or did you mean hardcore drugs? Yeah, like hardcore drugs. Um, back, back in the day, I, I, I used to... Uh... Look, wait, wait, hold on. You're saying back in the day like you had a wild spell. Go on, tell me about all of your hard drugs. <laughs> I, I used to smoke weed. <laughs> That's not a tablet. Since when was weed a tablet? You said hard, you said yeah. drugs. No, I said tablet. Yeah, but it came from a tablet. I did did almost take an E once. um, Right. And everyone that I was with had taken one. But I didn't. I I got offered one and I contemplated it and in the end decided not to. So, no, I've not taken any any proper hardcore. I've seen people do nearly everything except heroin. I've been around people that have done, but... No, I've never, um, never touched any any hardcore drugs. Shall we? 
like for a podcast, should we do a podcast where we're just off our faces? I think we should do an uh, L. Um, oh, what is it? LSD. I always said LED. That's LSD how, after dark. That is how. That is how lame I am. <laughs> should we take that LED that people used to take? <laughs> yeah. LSD after dark. There's a new podcast because we, we what we the world needs is more podcasts on our network. But people still taking cat. <laughs> I think Paul Ross is. Oh, I don't know. I'll have to ask him. Um, anyway, so we've not been together. Like the last time we got together, um, we reviewed Deadpool two. A film oh, that, that I think, long. I think it upset us that much that that's why we've not. Recorded a podcast since then. That was the reason. Yeah, because it was it was so bad. So a lot of things have happened since we last got together, and so oh, yeah. I've... Do you have lamps that reflect on your television? No, because I have mine facing away from the television. Have you done so? Have you done that on purpose? Like, were they at some point in your life facing the television no, or reflecting the television? We've we've like our lamp our lamp in the in the living room. Is has got like a quite a big lampshade on it, so it doesn't right. reflect off the screen. Right, but that's the wind- a decent then. But the windows do because where we are, where right. the TV is, like the main, and we've got a big bay window, as you know, or front yeah. window, as you know, um, that does reflect off the TV, which is really annoying. Yeah. Like I watched, so we're going off topic slightly, which is not unusual, but yesterday I. Went to. Are you impressed? I didn't sing that, by the way. I am. Oh, thanks. Um, yesterday I went to Powerland, and I da, bought. Da, 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 da. I bought Goosebumps in 3D. Okay, guess, I guess was going to mean the books. The books were quality. I used to love Goosebumps. Preferred Point Horror, but love Goosebumps. Ah, Point Horror. That was my jam. Um, guess how much no, I paid what? for Goosebumps in 3D on Blu-ray? What in Poundland? In Poundland, yeah. £4.70. pounds. Oh, no, go on. Oh, tricked you. Um, so yesterday, I thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to watch a film early. Like normally, if I'm going to watch a film, it's normally yeah. like late at night. And because yeah. everyone was out... Because it's porn, right. Yeah, yeah. Because it's um, because everyone was out, I thought, sorry, you know yeah. what, I'm going to watch a film early. And so I'm going to flip reverse what I normally do. But that meant I had to close the curtains because the reflection... No, flip reverse means something completely else to our younger audience. What, the Blazing Squad listeners? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're out there. So I had to, I had to close the curtains to make sure that... Because especially if you're watching oh, yeah, a 3D film, if you're watching a 3D film, the, like, the glare's worse uh, or, or, or more distracting, at least. So, yeah, um, so yeah I, had to, I had to do that. I left the... the Curtains at the other end of the house because we've got a through lounge. I left those open because that wasn't glaring on the TV and I got some natural light. But yeah, so I watched, I watched Goosebumps in 3D. Have you seen Goosebumps? Nah. It's all right, you know. It's yeah. a little bit like, um, I'd say it's like a kiddie version of Ghostbusters. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah it's quite clever. Jack Black's pretty good in it. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's not aimed at us. To be honest, I watched it like that because I wanted to see if I think it would be something that Alice could watch without scaring right. her too much. And I'm pleased yeah. to say that I, I, it did. Like, there was no proper scares in it at all. A few yeah. monsters and ghoulies. It was, it was very clever. Like, if you knew the Goosebumps TV series or you knew, like, some of the books, 
it it was all homages to that. It was pretty. It was for what it was. It was good. You know, I, I wouldn't be in a rush to watch it again, but I would sit through it with my child absolutely. So um, that's my review of Goosebumps. But I thought because we've not been together for a while, I thought you know we'll catch up the last few months, what we've been up to, stuff that we've watched. We did have a request from Craig uh, to talk about the World Cup and anything else that comes up as we do indeed talk. Um, so I think that's how we should kick off. I think we should kick off with the World Cup. Get the football chat out of the way, done. Um, because and, and the reason for Craig asking for this is because he loved your turn on his World Cup episode of his podcast so much that he wanted to hear your thoughts now reflecting back at the World Cup. Yeah, well, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Champions League draw has been done, Craig. Shut up. We're talking Champions League. We'll talk about it in a minute because I know you want to talk about Champions League draw. But, I mean, I, th- I, mean, I think most people... I mean, we well, get... basically, basically, football's coming home. Oh, no, it ain't. <laughs> That's kind of it in well, a nutshell. Well done, well, well, done, well done, the French. I would say... I would, actually, I would actually say it was more a case of football's not coming home. Oh, hang on a second. He's coming home. Oh, no, it's not coming home again. I, I think that's somewhat the World Cup because I think the expectation going in was that England were doing all right, but we don't do well at major tournaments. We haven't done well in major tournaments for like over 20 years. So I think the expectations are pretty low going into the tournament for, you know, from an England perspective. But I think, you know, I'm not, in general, I think it was a, an enjoyable World Cup. Sometimes they can be a bit boring, can't they? Nah, great. Well, it was a great summer, wasn't it? Because as you say, like, nobody expected anything. There was uh, the memes going around about football's coming home. And then we started to actually believe it was going to come home. Um... But then semi-final happened and England lost. Um, but up until that point, what, like f- three, four days before the final, it was wonderful. We had cracking weather. Football was on. Literally everything was beautiful. Um, and the way England went out, like it was it was a pretty decent way to go out because you wouldn't want to go out on penalties because all of that history. That's a horrible way to go out of a tournament because that's when you don't actually lose, you just lose on penalties. Yeah. Um, so it was, it's was. it been a wonderful summer. Um, the, the football hand-in-hand hand with the whatever. Um, there you go, Craig. For, for, thanks. <laughs> no, it was it was, it, it was good. I mean, I think the, the game, the, the stages were good for a change. Like Sometimes they could be a bit wishy-washy, but like there wasn't many boring games. I think the whole tournament, there wasn't many boring games. You usually have to sit for a couple of really dull nil-nil draws. But I actually think the tournament was pretty exciting. Yeah, I think for, that, like, for being in the moment and everything, like everything was great. There was a few dodgy ones and whatever. But the thing is, like now that we're so many months away from it, I'm struggling to remember who England were playing. It's too long ago. Let's move on. I do remember we played Colombia. Uh... Well, I had to bet on that one. I had um, I had a couple of players to be booked. I had um, uh, both teams to. Uh, I think it was like Harry Kane to score, 
uh, hurricane. Yeah, two particular Colombians to be booked and both teams to score. Mm. And Colombia equalised in like what the ninety second minute, um, which brought the bet up, which was sixty six to one. Um, so I was happy that Colombia scored, but I was still would have been happy had they not. So uh, everybody's happy, especially Chilo. <laughs> it's all coming out, Chilo. Um, now, what we need to talk about, because yeah. it's on my telly now, I've got it on mute because I'm a professional podcaster. I know you know that. Yeah. Um, but Naked Attraction, have you seen it? Well, I've not seen this week's edition, obviously, series linked. Um, uh, yeah, good man. You love seeing a bit of Willie on telly. Good man. So, absolutely. So, what yeah. I love, right, my favourite thing about it, because obviously I love, just love seeing a bit of Fanny on telly, but um, what I love is the excuses they come up with as to why they don't want the person. It's my, fa- it's one of my favourite things on television. They're all so original because we're so English. We don't like to be rude, you know. It's it's, it's up there with um, queuing, and <laughs> so the reason the reasons they give, like obviously someone's up there, you know, they're showing their legs, and like one's about three f- feet long, and the other one's about a foot and a an half, <laughs> and they'll find a any like generic reason oh I don't really like skipping any sort of generic reason as to why they don't like someone it's TV gold stick it on uh, compare yourself with the willies and uh, enjoy the reasons why people don't select the losers So, and then it's the faces and it's the awkward cuddles as well because they'll give you a cuddle where oh. it's like stick out your hands, throw out your tush sort of cuddle, it's... where they don't want to touch someone because they're naked. Yeah, that is the whole purpose of the show. It's so awkward, right? And and the thing is, like, like as a as a side note, like the majority of our listeners, even to this crap, are, are American. So we, really? we've now got to yeah 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 we we our audience our audience is. is uh, about seventy percent American. So for those in America, like, and this Sorry, is... I need to start. I didn't know that. I need to start using more Americanisms. I was on the sidewalk. There you go. Don't start talking about Fanny because it means something oh, different. Yes. So, yes. so to like our American listeners, this is a show. So it's called Naked Attraction. It started two years ago, maybe eighteen months ago. Who knows? Who knows? It's not been on like a long, long time, but basically, if you think of like, no, it's not Corey. It's no, no, I don't even know what that is. So it's like Corey. No, it's but not without Jack Dugworth's glasses. So it's a bit like so in America, they their version of Blind Date, I think it's called the Dating Game. So it's a bit like that, but instead of them being hidden behind a screen that eventually pulls back, in this they they stand in boxes, naked. And the contestant playing for a date is clothed, and everyone else is naked in boxes. And what happens is each round the box slightly like reveals itself. So it starts at like feet level, so it kind of Wait, goes up to like the you knees. The You're not actually using that not, as not an that, innuendo. Not that innuendo. A, a, lady, a, no. a lady's lady face, are you? You don't really see their box. Um, no, you do see their box. Like no, no, then you, you see a bit. Of, you see a bit bush. Um, not not the no, you, English you get, band. You get lips sometimes. Oh yeah, actually, it, it depends on how they're trimmed. You're right. I, um, I love how they analyse them. They're like, 
Yes, I do like to see a bit of a lips. Yeah, or oh, I do like a bit of an outie. And they're not talking about belly buttons. So every round, they have to, judged on what they can see of the naked body, they have to decide which one of the contestants they don't want to pursue any further. And That's it. And you, you get someone come out and they've got a right big dirty fairy minge and they'll find some reason like, oh yes, I, I believe their knees were slightly a bit knobbly. Yeah. Yeah, it's not because they've got wonky tits or something like that, which is what the actual answer is. You know, yeah. she's got an A cup and a C cup. Like, yeah. I can't be dealing with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, some people. They'll, but they'll she, find whatever she, she, excuse. She's got, dodgy eyes. she's got one eye on me and one eye on the 320 <laughs> at Lingfield. No, she seems a bit too short, Barbara. <laughs> it is the weirdest thing. And like you say, so like at the end of every round, like, so when they decide yeah. which one they're not going to pursue any further, that person then gets revealed, comes out of the, like, they reveal the box, they walk out of the box towards the contestant, and they, as you say, have this really awkward hug where somebody fully clothed has to cuddle somebody completely naked. And that, But also, they're cuddling the person that has just rejected them due to how they look. Yeah, absolutely, based on appearance, because they don't talk. You know, like the only person that talks is the yeah. contestant. Well, there is a round up. where they talk. So they, they that's the last round, though, isn't like, it? That's the last oh, round. Oh, I don't like them because they're northern. Well, yeah, that's that. That's a fair and point. I don't. I, I don't want to pay for all of the date. <laughs> Basically, if you're American, anywhere north of Watford, really poor. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's funny because, like, what what we have as a north, the Americans have pretty much as the south. Yeah, it's true. Most part of the country. Um, So that's Naked Attraction. Uh, You might be able to find it on, like, Hulu or something. I don't know. But if not, I'm sure YouTube has clips of it. It it might sound bizarre, but that doesn't... They can't show any bloody airy fanny. Yeah, they'll just blur it out. But, you know... It, it might sound bizarre to you, but it's not as bizarre as actually watching it. It's weird. And the worst thing is, is that it's an awful show, and yet, if I channel surf, and I get, I, I come across it, pardon the pun, um, I will stop and watch it. Yeah, man, it's quality. It, it's, it's awful, awful TV, but it's almost unmissable at the same time. It's, it's very odd. Um, so that's Naked Attraction. So, yeah. we've not spoken... Uh, well, we we've actually, been speaking a great length already. We've we covered do. the World Cup and the attraction. We do. I mean, we do actually speak outside of a podcast, which is good because otherwise we haven't spoken since June, which is actually probably the last I spoke to my brother, the bastard. Um, so he wish you happy birthday. Yeah. wish me happy birthday. He hasn't asked me how my birthday was. Thanks a lot, bruv. Happy birthday. Yeah. So, although he probably will listen to this, that'd be hilarious. I hope, really? I hope you feel. I hope you feel guilty on your commute listening to this podcast. Well, I've just added you to all of our listeners for not even having the decency to, even now, two months after my birthday, actually ask me how my birthday was, give me a present, send me a card, whatever. It's, it's good that you're able to forgive and forget. And to be honest, at this moment in time, I think I might get a birthday wish from my bloody parents before him. Oh. Yeah, I see. Now. Oh. So the last film we reviewed was the. Oh yeah, I mean, is this a film podcast? Ish. I mean, it's a bit of everything, but right. films seems to be saying we'll talk. We we'll talk about a lot. We'll talk about wrestling at the end. Don't worry. Um, we, we, we just did a bit of the World Cup for Clegg. <laughs> for Clegg. Um 
so Deadpool 2, we both agreed was was absolutely awful. We spent an hour and a half ish. It's out on DVD now, isn't it? Bloody. Uh, it's, yeah. coming out, it's coming out on DVD. It's not out just yet. I think it's available. Oh, it's on Showbox. Might be on, it might be on digital download. It's out in America, but we haven't got it over yes. here yet. Yeah. Um, 80s on Showbox, other illegal streaming services How are available. How do you feel about illegal streams, Soapdish? I, you know what? This is my this is my opinion of illegal streams, especially now. Tell me your opinion of illegal streams. I don't care, and I'll tell you why. Because I pay for cinema tickets. So if I pay to see a film, and then I decide to watch it at home, and I haven't paid for it then, well, I've still paid to watch it at some point. So therefore, yeah. shut up. Um, Bye. Let me put this one to you. How do you feel about watching a movie uh, on a stream on your phone? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. No, because here's the thing, right? I speak to my mate, and I think for two years I've said to him about going to cinema. It's not you, but you're not too far off him, to be honest with you. We have um, gone to cinema together this year, though. No, nah, no, I know that was an experience in itself. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and he watches his films on his phone, doesn't he? And he's gone and watched all these like absolute belter of movies that you think are oh, like the pieces of art that you should re- go and really enjoy on the big screen. He watched like like the Dunkirk on his blower. Yeah, it's like yeah. something like that, or like even Infinity War on your blower, where like you're watching it, it's getting to the point of like um, uh, he's he's not his tears are not for himself. Where you get to that point in Infinity War. And he gets a message on WhatsApp, and it's like a meme or something. It's like, come on, mate. Like, how are you going to, like, you know, your phone's in front of you. The temptation to press the back button or whatever, the home button, to then go and check your messages, check your notifications. Man, that's the whole beauty of film, is that you're able to remove yourself from the devices and every other uh, uh, interruption in your life and just go and enjoy yourself a couple of hours. Well, we've talked, uh, we've talked to me before. We talked about your cinema experience watching La La Land last year, and that's a wasn't it? You know, what's a podcast? That, oh, was, that was podcast gold. It was too short for my liking. All four hours yeah. of it. Um, but I mean, the thing is, we've talked before, and we've talked privately as well about like etiquette in cinemas and, and stuff like that. And the one good thing about going to the cinema, unless you're sat with some scallies, is that the majority of the audience are there to actually be in the moment. And so, I mean, I, I'm somebody who will sit there during the trailers, normally because I've, I've probably seen the trailers already, and I will sit there playing on my phone. I don't give two fucks about that. But yeah. once Cineworld have stopped trying to sell me the unlimited pass I've already got for the fifth time, then and the film, you know, the BBFC thing comes up, the phone's in the pocket, the, IF, the Apple Watch is on cinema mode, I'm not getting notifications, it's not lighting up. It's not going to disturb anybody. I'm focused on the film for that for the time that I'm there. That is it. And I mean, the thing is, like you, you mentioned Dunkirk there. Now that was again a film we talked about on that podcast last year. Um, and it's not a film that I, you know, I didn't enjoy anywhere near as much as you. But films like Dunkirk are the kind of films that you want to see in the best kind of experience. Now you've got a decent sized telly. My yeah, TV's my TV's not too too shabby either, not as big. Well, it's all right. But although mine does say three D, but you know you, what you really want at home is you want a nice decent screen and you want a nice decent sound system if you've got one as well. 
Um, that box I bought that you that <laughs> was round yours when I bought it, that massive yeah. box, it's, it's, it's not bad. It's, it's pretty good. It's no surround sound system, but it's got a, it does give you a good a good sense of depth and sound in it. It's really good. But you know, you want to sit there in in the best quality and watch it as you can. What I've noticed recently is a couple of times I've watched streams of films and legal ones, not not just on on shoddy little websites. And you, if you're watching a stream, even if it's supposed to be an HD stream, because of like how streaming works, streaming a film is not the same as watching a Blu-ray of a film or a DVD yeah. of a film. A Blu-ray always looks better than a 1080p stream of a film. Like if I'm watching something on Netflix, it looks good. But if I was watching that same film on a Blu-ray disc, it would look better. Yeah. That's just that's just it. And I've got a decent internet connection. You've now got a decent internet connection. But just because of the amount of data they, they can have on a disc, it doesn't get as compressed. So mm. it is going to look better. And I, I think it's a real shame that, you know, you're getting... I mean, films obviously still come out to buy and there's no sign of that stopping anytime soon. But sales of... DVDs or Blu-rays, you know, every year go down whilst people buy digital copies of stuff. But they just don't look as good. And on top of that as well, my big row with things like um, the iTunes Store or Google Play or anything like that, you've got your account there, yeah? Where you can buy your films. If you die, that's it, it's gone. You own those things for as long as you have the account. You can't transfer that to somebody else. You can't, in your will, leave your movie collection that you spent the last 30 years buying to your kids. Bruce Willis, and the only decent thing he's done for the last 25 years, is trying to mount a court case to Apple at the moment for that exact cause. Because, oh, yeah, because he's turned around and said, you know, I've spent, you know, thousands of dollars on music, on films. But the Apple yeah. terms and conditions are. That is your account. You can't share that unless you've got a family sharing account. Once you die, that's it. Oh, wow. And even if you buy, like, I've bought films before on my TV service. And if you look at the terms and conditions of that, you have them while they have the license, which is normally about 20 years. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, in 20 years, we'll probably all be doing other stuff as well. But if you go and buy a DVD or Blu-ray, that is yours and you've got that. And as long as you've got equipment that plays it, you've got it. You, you've bought the license for it. But if you buy a stream of something, you've got that until their license expires. And you're paying the same price. And it's less, it's a lesser quality. So why, why are we going down this route now where this is seen as the future? Craig is the kind of person who every time he goes to the cinema will come out and will buy that film on iTunes. Like he'll he'll pre-order it on iTunes. Oh, does he? Yeah. Yeah, he loves that. See, I, don't, I never see. I never see the point of pre-ordering because no. if you if you're gonna buy it, then you just buy it, didn't you? Like when it comes out. Like I never understand the point of like, especially because you buy it and it's just like cheaper in Asda or something or whatever. Like I never see the point of uh, pre-order. Well, this is the like you know, fairly often now like. Lindsay's bought an album. She she will buy albums. She doesn't like having CDs, even though she's got a CD player in the car. So she'll buy an album she wants on iTunes. So she I can't. She bought. I think she might have bought like Liam Gallagher's album or something. 
I yeah. said to her, how much does that cost, John? She was like, oh, 12 When It was 10 quid in that stuff. She went, yeah, but it's on my tunes. I went, yeah, but if you bought it from Asda, you'd have had a CD, you'd have played it in the car, you could have stuck it in your iTunes library, streamed it whenever you wanted to, and it's cost you less money. Yeah, but you know what? It's like, because we've all become so lazy, it's a process. It's a cheaper process of because, uh, like, we've got all these CDs, but we don't own a CD player. We could put in the Blu-ray player, but we haven't. Like, for eight years of mm. owning a Blu-ray player, we've never played a CD in it. And it's a process of getting home and then putting the CD into the computer or laptop or whatever. Um, and a lot of laptops now don't have CD uh, players or True. like no. uh, CD, right. or CD drives. Yeah. Um, and it's putting the CD into the drive to then download it onto your iTunes. Just become lazy. It's like if there's something like so many processes now, there's someone who will do it for you. And there's so many things like that. Like, if I know you say you, you're very good at it, and you are, but if you don't know what film or what, what TV program you've seen someone in, you just Google it. And there's just so much of that nowadays where you think, okay, I'll spend, or like ordering stuff online. You can pay for it, it's free shipping, and it saves you time of going out trying to find it. It might be more expensive online, but it just saves you the time and effort. Uh, of trying to find it elsewhere and you get to deliver straight to your house. Yeah, and it's, it's true. I mean, you know, I'm a big, you know, we're both, I think, big users of, of places like Amazon, even though we don't agree with their tax policies. But um, No, wait. Uh, don't don't tarnish me with caring about tax. I don't care about tax. Always I read in the news about it didn't pay tax. I don't care. Like, I'll pay it. I'll knock it. But if someone else is choosing not to, well, that's up to them. I don't care. Yeah, but I think the it's problem... Not, it's not going to stop me from paying tax. No, no, no. It's not going to make me feel bad about paying... I mean, no, but that's, not, that's, not, a paying po- that's not a point. But it's not that's not, make, a... it's not going to make... It is a point. It is no, a no, point. no, it's not. I don't care about tax. Right. You're saying... This is you don't why... Policy. I don't care about no tax. This is why... This is I don't why you care. care. I don't care what tax even this pays for. This is why you should care. Right? I don't care. Thing is, why should I care? Why should well, I'm just no, tell you. If you shut up, I'll tell you. Whatever reason you're about to tell me, I will not change my perspective of tax. Okay. Let's take, let's go back in time ten years ago. Right? You used to go to Romford. You used to have HMV. You used to have Virgin Mega Store. Go in there, buy series, buy DVD. Do you call? It by the way, there. do you call it WH Smith or WH Smiths? WH Smith. But like, if you say you're going to Smith's, then you know that you're going to WH Smith's because sometimes you drop the WH. And it's even more confusing now because you've got a toy shop called Smith's as well. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. I do know somebody calls it Smith's. But really? She, but she also calls Primark Primark. So. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't know who this person is, but I suggest deleting them from your life. I, I'm planning to. I am planning to. All right. All right. Yeah. So the it's thing not Lindsay, is, is it? It's not unfortunate. So, that's good. That's unfortunately. So I said she won't listen to this episode, it's fine. So you used, no to, you used, to, go, you used to go there oh, and you could buy your DVDs, your Blu-rays, your CDs, whatever, right? Right. Then, and, and, and you know, Virgin turned into Zavi, whatever. Now, the reason why Zavi went bust and the reason why HMV went bust is because they were losing out 
to Amazon. Now, they weren't losing out uh. to Amazon because um, people weren't going to shop in HMV anymore. The reason why is because it costs a lot more money to run brick and mortar stores. And because of how HMV and most high street stores, not all of them, but nearly all of them, are run, yeah. is that they have to pay their corporation tax. What companies like Apple and Amazon do is they'll base themselves to have their you know assets in Ireland or Guernsey or somewhere where they can avoid paying their tax. By avoiding paying their tax, they can sell their products slightly cheaper, or even if they sell them the same price as you know HMV do, which is what they try and do now, because they're not paying tax on what they sell, it means that you know at the end of the year, they've actually made a lot more money on their products than anyone else can. And that's why you see the decline of the high street or the shopping centre. Because people can buy their goods for the same price and sometimes cheaper. Not always, but sometimes cheaper online. And those companies make more money because they're not paying tax. So when you go to um, HMV and you buy your DVD, at the end of the day, HMV do pay their tax. And they don't make as much money as an Amazon, even though they'll sell, sell the same DVD for the same price. They won't have paid the tax on it. Nah, nazy. I don't care. Because <laughs> the thing is, like for me, that's business. That was always it's, HMV's it's not, business it's... model to have like more of a high street brand than an online brand. That was always their choice. Obviously, they were on the high street before the internet, um, but that was always their choice when the internet arrived they didn't then choose to stop like what their main selling point was they chose to stay on the high street they did sell online also but that stopped after administration but they chose to stick with the shops you cannot like blame someone for having a, a different business model um well, yeah, and that's hang, all on, it is. hang on it's not and a different, it's, it's also, not a different business I like model bargain. It's I like not... a bargain. Like, I used to go into WH Smiths and I'd be like, um, you pay like £16 for a CD. Mm. And then you go to HMV and it was uh, 12.99, And then you go into Tesco and it was like 10.99, And then you shop about Play.com, it was like 8 99 So you, I like a bargain. Like already I'm like halving the price of what the CD I was about to buy was. Yeah, and, um, I, and I do. I mean, and let's be honest, I think all of us, or the majority of us, are guilty of the same thing. But the thing is now, and because of the pressure they're under about the, the whole tax thing, what used to happen was that when a film got released, HMV would, if you went into HMV on, on release day, you might pay 20 quid for a DVD. Yeah. But Play or Amazon would sell the same thing for 15 quid, shipped to you, day it come out. Well, you're going to save that five quid, aren't you? You are, because as you say, it's the convenience of it. But now, because of all that pressure they're under, they basically price match whatever HMV are doing. So if I go into HMV tomorrow, I'll be able to buy Ready Player One for $19.99 for a 3D Blu-ray, or I could order it on Amazon for $19.99. Yeah. Because they don't undercut anymore, because you know they're under too much kind of... Um, I think they were kind of like going to be investigated about the tax evasion if they didn't. 
so they started to play a bit more nice with the the things. But my my problem is, and and this is saying I know it would bother you, right? You we both like going around the shops. We we've lost many hours going around shops together. Like we do like a bit of shopping. We're odd like that for men. I know it's not like saying that men normally like doing, but we both like to go shopping. And the yeah. thing is, we've L- love a good Asda. Oh, we do love a good Asda. Um, but what we, what is happening is letting people, letting companies like Amazon get away with those kind of things is shutting up shop. We've seen this year Toys R Us go bust. We've seen Maplin go bust. Um, Marks and Spencers are closing loads of stores. House of Fraser went bust um, and got bought by Sports Direct. So that means literally every House of Fraser is now going to be selling Lonsdale all over the place. Look like a bloody jumble sale. Um, you also had B jams. <laughs> oh, B jams. But the thing is, like, the reason why we're losing those kind of big names on the high street is because of this this other stuff. In ten years' time, we're not going to have high streets. We're not going to have shopping centres anymore. Not like we did when we were younger, because. But again, I think I think a lot of it is because. Um, like it used to be in the high street, um, especially for like you know a parent sort of generation. If you went to the high street, uh, you knew where you were buying the things you wanted. Like if you wanted clothes, you went to Marks and Spencers, um, and you always went to the same place. Like price was never really a big selling point. Mm. Like back in the day, because there wasn't competition for um selling these sort of goods you didn't like you had high streets but you didn't have like you know you want in uh, uh 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 like taken over by like chicken shops or pound shops or stuff like that um it was always a case of you went to marks and spencers for clothes you went to the butchers for me all that sort of stuff and nowadays because as you say people do like a bargain that's why we have like like black friday and cyber monday and stuff like that because people like a bargain. You know, loads of people are following different, like, Facebook groups and whatnot uh, for bargains. Uh, and every sort of, sort of day, it seems, someone different is doing a, a sale. Um, so people are now looking to see if, like, if someone went out to buy a Nintendo Switch, they wouldn't just go to one shop. They would go to seven. Um, but Who the shops might Switch? be on the high street, and then they might also be online. And then look at to see if it was worth saving on postage and packaging by buying it in the shop. And, I mean, the other thing as well, and we will get back onto the, the original schedule programming shortly, but the other thing as well is that when we were younger, and, and like you say, like, you know, it, wasn't, it wasn't so much about price. The problem is, is that living costs have gone up tenfold mm. and wages haven't followed in the same line of inflation. I think it's something stupid like... The cost of living over the last 10 years has gone up about 30%, but the actual rate of payment has gone up about 4.5%. So there's now this big disparity between how you know what disposable income you have. Now, we had loads of disposable income 10 years ago because neither of us had a mortgage, but you know it, it's, it's those kind of things. It's not just because of that. You know, I was having this discussion actually with Craig and we were talking about when he bought his first house and how much he paid for it and how much houses are now and how much never his house paid. would be. He never paid for it. He's a scouser, probably stole it. 
<laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, you know, and the thing is, like he said, I can't remember, I can't remember, I think it might have been like his house cost like 50 grand. And he's like, yeah, but you know, that was 1996 when, you know, my wages were only X. And I said, yeah, but for you to buy that house now, how much would it cost you? And he went, oh, probably like near 200. I was like, right. And your wages have gone up because you've been working like longer than you've built a career for yourself, but your wages haven't gone up at that same speed. So if he was doing that now, he wouldn't be able to afford to do it. And that's the problem. And that is why people are so, you know, eager to save money. And mate, like they didn't miss off the, the biggest one. We're now at a time when a pound shop disappears off the high street because it can't compete. A pound shop Man. had to close. So that that's what we're getting into. Anyway. So I don't even know. We've got but I still stuff, don't care about tax. No, it's fair and enough. And I'll continue to shop at Amazon and shop around to find like the best price. And things I'm teaching to kids as well. Like, I took the eldest to wrestling the other day and he went to buy a t-shirt and it was 30 quid. And I said to him, like, it's not a case of I'm telling you no. It's a case of I'm telling you not now. Because a t-shirt was £30, but if you buy it online, like, I think that day they were doing a 40% discount. So it would have 40% off of that t-shirt. So it's not a case of no, it's a case of knowing how much something is worth and how much you're willing to pay for something. I had the same, a similar thing when we went to see the Muppets, which was bloody awful, by the way, but we'll talk about it a bit. Um, God, are we going to have to? Nah, we'll talk, well, I'll, I'll skim over it briefly. But um, I think the t-shirts at the event were, I think they were 30 quid. And it yeah. was like a Muppets at the O2 t-shirt. But you know? yeah, that's the thing, like, you expect to pay £30. Well, no, see, the thing is, I, I, I'm, maybe that's because five years ago, a tour t-shirt would cost you 20 quid. Now, if that yeah. t-shirt was 25 quid, I probably, and I know we, we're arguing about a fiver, but I think if it's 25 quid, you think, okay, well, it's been made for this event, you know, that t-shirt, you know, on the higher street would have probably cost you about a tenner. Um, yeah. You know, it's a special print for the thing. You know, they're going to charge you a bit more and, you know, the venue V, blah, blah, blah. 25 quid would have been a lot, but I would have, like, swallowed it. But I thought 30 quid, I was like, no, nah, I can get, like, two or three decent T-shirts for that. It's going to be a crappy T-shirt. You know, the you you have it to remind you of the event you've been to. But you know what? You're going to remember the event anyway. So, um, we didn't get one. Didn't That's get it. I think it's all, like, it, it's all on like the event and how, how much you want it, how much you need it, and how accessible is it. Because like, with the wrestling event, he was wearing a wrestling T-shirt. Um, he's got wrestling T-shirts. Um, we can easily go online and buy a wrestling T-shirt. If it was to be a band T-shirt and the band don't really, uh, you know, they're not an English band, they don't really have a merchandise uh, part of their website, you can't, but they're not sort of banned like the Ramones where you can buy it in Topshop or H&M. <laughs> um, so it's a case of like, where well, you see a band and that's the event and you think, well, yeah, I'll pay 30 quid because I'm not going to buy this t-shirt anywhere else. I can't go online and see how much it is because you can't buy it anywhere else. So it's a case of like necessity in that sort of uh, circumstance. I think I paid 15 quid for a Doves t-shirt and I paid 20 quid when I saw Linkin Park. For their for their tour t shirts, and I was like, okay, that's that's fair enough. And then when I went to see the Kinks, a few um, not the Kinks, sorry, Davis, and I mm. think his t shirt was thirty quid then. And I was like, yeah, it's just a bit much, Dave. 
I don't like, think you need anyone needs a Ray Davis t-shirt. No, it was, it was a t-shirt for the Kings. It wasn't actually a Ray Davis t-shirt. But um, I thought, you know what? I can probably find that t-shirt online cheaper. And lo and behold, on their official, yeah, exactly. yeah. on his official web store, it, on his official web store, it was like fifteen quid. And I was like, he's just taking a piss. You know, yeah. that's 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 to hype you up. And like you say, like I went to NXT a few months ago, and they were selling the same T-shirts you can get on their own website for double the price. Like you say, and they always have sales on. They always have like flash sales, an extra ten percent off today, an extra forty percent off today, whatever. So th- there's just no no need. And you've seen because we've had the event T-shirts and the wrestling site before. Like when they make too many for WrestleMania or anything like that, they always set them off dirt cheap anyway. Yeah, exactly. So no way was I going to pay 30, 35 quid, I think it was, for the NXT UK t-shirt. No, it's not that. Um, anyway, we'll talk about wrestling later on, because I know it's something we, we did say we were going to talk about as well. But I wanted to talk about the other films that we'd missed out on since seeing Deadpool. Go on then. Because there's been quite uh, a have lot. Have you got a list? I've got, I've got a list of the ones that I've seen. So Go I'm on. hoping you can kind of fill some in. So I think possibly the next one after we saw uh, after Deadpool come out, I saw. Oh, are we just, just going to rattle these off? Because I'm guessing there's quite a lot. No, it's not. I don't think it's if that many. If anyone's still listening at this point, they're not going to care too much about 19 movies. We've been list- we've been releasing two and a half hour podcasts recently, and people have been lapping them up. This isn't going to be a two yeah. and a half hour podcast, don't worry. Um, so the first one after Deadpool that I saw according to my wallet, my Apple wallet, was Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Nah, that was crap. Yeah. Um, I mean... <laughs> did you not want to elaborate? Because I actually did record... I was waiting for you to see it for ages so we yeah. could talk about it, and we and you just never saw it until quite late on into its run. So yeah, I, it's not a case of like... Because the thing is, I really like Jurassic Park... Um, I didn't even mind the next couple, to be honest with you. I really enjoyed Jurassic World, took kids to see that. And, um, but like, I wasn't hyped for this one. Mm. Um, not anywhere close to I was for the first Jurassic World. Mm. Um, and, yeah, like, eventually got around to seeing it. And, oh, man, it was just awkward. It was like, it was just a cheese fest. It felt that they had kind of cobbled it together. Mm-hmm. Um it felt that they didn't really know in what direction the movie was going. It may have like suffered with a late edit um, and direction. And it's just like none of it. And what was so beautiful about Jurassic Park and even Jurassic World was that it made sense. Um, there was logic behind the science and it was feasible. I think that, I think that's the word. It was feasible. Um, Jurassic Park just kind of made sense. You think, yeah, wh- why not? Like, you showed me the DNA. You had, like, the DNA guy explain it. Why couldn't <laughs> You know? Why not? Sure. I'll go along with it. It like, was Mr. DNA that made it realistic, did he? It was Mr. DNA. But it was feasible <laughs> enough. Like, I think they did enough of the background. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Were real. And then this one comes along. And it was just such a cheese fest that there was a scene where I think they've got out of the Jeep and they've looked at a dinosaur and then the nerdy computer geek yeah. who was there for what reason, I don't know, he said a line and I basically counted out one, two, three and I knew Chris Pratt was going to have to then deliver the ultimate cheese line. And he did. 
And that was like the pattern for the movie all the way throughout. So you've got this dinosaur that someone paid twenty dollars <laughs> for, this ultimate killing dinosaur that mm. was outsmarted mm. by a eight year old girl. Yeah. And then couldn't kill at many different attempts, couldn't kill these three people yet. It was seen and regarded as the most deadliest of dinosaurs that ever was created. Three people outsmarted it and outran it also. How could you possibly outrun this dinosaur? Yet they were able to. To me, the bit bah. the bit when the movie bah. really like jumped the shark was when um, Chris Pratt was tranquilized, I think. And a volcano was erupting. And oh, yeah, he yeah, did this yeah. really terrible... You know, he did the best he could. I mean, I don't think anyone would have made it look any less shit than he did. But, you know, he was doing that thing where he was dragging his body around. It just so happened that the effects of the tranquilizer wore off just as the lava was getting close to him. He then outruns for about two or three miles an active volcano that's erupting. Lava is spewing at a furious rate, and yet he's able to outrun it. And then, to top that scene off, he shoots a gun underwater. Not once, (laughs) but like three or four times to break a window. And you're like, I know... I thought thought that was his waterproof gun. (laughs) Oh, right, sorry, I missed that plot line. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, you're watching it, and I'm thinking, yeah, this, this really now is just... I know it's not supposed to be... David Attenborough, but this is just beyond the realms of normality. That's it. It's like, as long as it's feasible, I can get on with it. But <laughs> it started with the opening scene where your dude has outrun a T-Rex. And yeah. I'm like, brother, yeah, you saying Bolt going to be able to do that, you know? Yeah. I, I just, it was really funny because when I recorded that review episode with uh, Chris Ripley, um, he hated it. Excuse me, who? Chris Ripley. Wait, you recorded with who? The talented Christopher Ripley. This is outrageous. You don't listen to our podcast, you don't even know who he is. Um, yeah, true, true. But you recorded without me, that's outrageous. Well, that's because you weren't watching the film. I wanted to get the review out before it came out in America, because we got the film two weeks before it came out in America for some bizarre reason. Um, Chris Ripley. And when we started, when we were talking... like He's, he's on the list. <laughs> Now, when we when he said like, I want to I want to talk about can we record a podcast? I said, yeah, yeah. He, I was gonna, I thought I was gonna be defending Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom because he right. didn't like it so much. Because when I left the cinema, I was like, I don't, you know, it's not too bad. It's you know, it was like a nice summer popcorn flick. And then yeah. the more we were talking about it, I was actually getting more angry with the film than he was. And by the end of the episode, I think I hated the film more than even he thought he did. Because yeah. I just I started thinking of, like, about all the plot holes and everything like that. And I thought, nah, the only decent thing about it is the end of that film. Not because the credits rolled, but because it left the door open to where they could go next. Because the other problem with this film is you realise how many times can they have dinosaurs on an island? Now, you know what? The end of the film was just absolute pony. How on earth they've let this fake girl 
go and make a decision like that on her oh, own. No, I mean, just because she's a phony. That's, I'm like, that, so basically, I agree with. They didn't want to kill eight dinosaurs, so they let them run wild, potentially killing thousands upon thousands. But I see, I see it opening up the third film, which I think they'd already announced before Jurassic World had, had come out. And I checked the box office. It did really well. I think it's done like 1.2 billion or something worldwide. Staggering. Yeah. Um, this is a problem though. People were buying tickets before <laughs> seeing the films. Like, had they known it was going to be that bad, it wouldn't well, have made half. Possibly. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's left the door open for like Jurassic World 3 or whatever it's going to be called. Um, to be... I think similar to what they did with the Planet of the Apes films, and I yeah. like those films. So at least they've got a new angle for it. But I was just done with it, and I thought Chris Pratt was awful in it. Uh, I, I, I think I'm getting sick of his shtick. He's very samey. Yeah, he is. He does play the same, but it's all right because he's not in everything. It's all right. Mm. Um, so yeah, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So neither of us like that. Um, had you seen? Have you seen Solo? Had you seen Solo? We talked about Solo. Nah, nah. I just couldn't find interest in watching it. It's good, but I don't like it. Was just a bit boring. And the thing is, for films like that, because I know the ending, like there's no intrigue for me. Oh no, you don't um, actually. No, I'd, I'd say. Um, well, no, they're gonna peg it. Like, there was a scene okay, yeah. in the trailer where, like, uh, you've got Han Solo and Chewbacca. They, they're in complete turmoil. Like, at no point are you thinking, oh, yeah, they're going to copy it. Yeah, I, okay, I, I get what you mean there. Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll, I can't argue with that too much. A bit like watching Schindler's List. <laughs> yeah, no, very similar films. Um, anyway, it's coming out soon. I do recommend it. I actually... Do rate it pretty highly. I did in the first yeah, watch. We'll see how it goes. Now, um, I didn't see. If, I think because of how bad uh, Jurassic World was, I didn't see a film for another month, and I went to see the first Purge. Now, the ironic thing about the first Purge is it was actually the first Purge film that I'd seen. Oh really? Yeah. See, I like the Purge films. Uh, yeah, they, I quite enjoy them. Well, I'd done. I'd obviously uh, done the the Purge thing they had at the Halloween Horror Nights event last year. So I was familiar with it, and I've seen trailers for it, so I kind of knew what it was about. But because this was a prequel, I thought, well, actually, that's not a bad way to start the series. Go back and watch, you know, if you watch the prequel first, and then go back and watch the other films. Um, it was fine. Um, I, I thought it was quite clever. I thought um, it wasn't scary, but I think the message it was conveying about how, you know, it was obviously very reflective of how societies at the moment and I thought that was in itself pretty scary but um yeah it was it was a an all right way to waste an hour and a half yeah that yeah. was about it I think it kind of sunk without it, it did all right I think but didn't do any anything um anything major um what did I see after that I think after that I didn't see anything until the Incredibles 2 right have you seen the Incredibles 2 yet yeah yeah I took kids to see that yeah oh yeah but, yeah you did what did you think of The Incredibles 2? Yeah, I liked it. Um, I was never like a huge fan of the first one. Mm. Um, but I, I enjoyed it for, for what it was. Like, I wasn't overhyped for it. Because, um, again, you saw so many memes about Incredibles 2 and how like, it was a film for adults. 
was waiting 15 years for his film. I hadn't, um, but I enjoyed it. Uh, there were some nice bits in it, um, predictable. And again, like I feel like I'm repeating myself on many podcasts, but again, they always want to put uh, the woman uh, to be like uh, either the hero or the ultimate bad guy. Um, Incredibles did it with both. Mm. And it's just a bit like you don't have to do this because there was a hashtag all the time, you know? Um, it hasn't always got to be that way. And it kind of like, it almost breaks that equality um, by overdoing it too much. It's how I feel when you watch like stuff like 8 out of 10 cats now and they have to have at least one woman on each team. Yeah. Because the thing is... I that's... can't believe that's still a show, by the way. How I thought that that was like a one-off that they did, 8 out of 10 cats does countdown. And now they've stopped doing 8 out of 10 cats because they're just doing 8 out of 10 cats does countdown. They, they still do 8 out of 10 cats, but I think it's on like E4 or something. I've or... never seen it. I've never seen it for so long. Yeah. And yet, I don't care about countdown. I don't want to sit down on a Friday night and try and make the word uh, hypnotic. Oh, uh, see, like we actually, like we both sit there and watch that and, and quite enjoy it. it. It's it's funny enough to do it, but what annoys me with those shows now, as I said, is is the fact that they have to have a woman on the thing. And the problem with that is what you end up doing is you, you know, some weeks you get women that are actually really funny because women yeah. can be really funny. But nah, what you <laughs> not Amy Schumer, but but what you also find is that you get women on there that aren't actually funny and not up to the standard that should be on a TV comedy panel show and are there just to make up the quota. And yeah. that like that just annoys me. That's not how it should be. Incredibles two, um, I thought was bang average. Yeah, I thought. It was the exact same film as the first Incredibles, but with the roles reversed. Yeah. It was almost yeah. like the, the story was almost identical. It's just they flip reversed the roles. Um, I thought the baby was better in it because of him having like you know them knowing about the powers now, so that led to some funny stuff. But I just thought it was very meh, and the fact that it's now become the biggest animated film of all time just See. blows my mind. I didn't realise it had. I, I, I heard it was the second over here. I think I presume be, behind um, Frozen. Yeah, I'm not sure. Sh- I think it's either Frozen or Toy Story 3. It might still be. I think it probably will be Frozen now. It's been re-released a few times. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's globally the biggest, but in America it's it's the biggest animated film of all time. And I just thought it's just bang average. Like, I mean, even the kids, like... Oh, we sorry, we didn't take it. We took Alice to see it, um, and I said to her after, "You know, what do you think?" She was like, "Oh, yeah, it was okay." And I was like, "That's something up to me," because kids generally, unless a film is awful, will find a good in something. I, I, to be honest, I think she enjoyed Sherlock Gnomes more than Incredibles Two. That was, that um... was awful. That was a bit of a weird uh, short uh, cartoon story before it, though, wasn't it? So, yeah, it's led to a lot of like 
debate on that because like um, Alice's best mate at school when uh, um, her parents took her to go and see The Incredibles take, she cried. Yeah. Like the mum cried watching that show. The mum cried? Yeah. And I just was like, I just don't get why it's so upsetting to people. Now, apparently right. it's, it's a bit of, I mean, she's not Chinese, but apparently like it's really resonated with like um, the American Asian community. Um, right. You know, and it was obviously written by an American Asian person as well. Um, and so I think there's context there that not necessarily everyone would get. But to be honest, like to me, it just seemed like a very, you know, fairly sweet cartoon, but just a bit odd. But yeah. people have raved about it. It's like, you know, you know, best animated short they've ever done. I was like, nah. It's no press, though. I thought what would have been impressive is if they'd have stopped it after she'd ate the thingy-majig. Yeah. That would have been wicked. Yeah. But then they, like, go back and he turns up and he brings her the food and they enjoy it. And then he goes off to college or whatever. Um, so it kind of then makes sense for people watching that would be wicked if she just ate him and that's it, roll credits. Yeah, there was, I can't, I think it might have been the short for Cars 3. Or, oh yeah, there wasn't one for Coco because it was that Frozen thing, but um, there was one, I'm sure it was Cars 3, where it was um, Lost Property, Lou. That's right, I've seen Lou. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like Lou. Yeah, I thought it was much better than that one about the, uh, the little bun. Um, Horses for courses. So yeah, I didn't rate that very much, um, even though it, it did massive numbers. Um, next film I think I saw after that was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I saw that. And I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was... Um... It was much better. Um, oh, Because I wasn't first too taken yeah. by the first one. Um, I've never been like overly impressed by Paul Rudd um, like, as a leading man. I think he makes like a good like sort of like a uh, side man um, or like just, you know, I felt he was perfect for being in Friends in that he was a side act. Um, he wasn't the main cast, but he was a poor anchor man again. Um, and he was kind of like shared the bill for, what was it the one way he's like Slappy DeBeast, that movie. Oh, uh, um not uh oh what was it forgetting sarah marshall no no it was it was like best man or something or i can't remember oh role what models huh role models role models no 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 no, no. it was him and that other fella excellent that narrows it down yeah what other fella um i can't remember his name i love you man Big- yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. yeah, that was that was that was all right. Um, but yeah, no, you made. But yeah, I, I've I've never I've never like felt that he's a leading man. But he's done all right. I thought it was a nice start where he's playing with the kids in the house, and like you kind of understood why, like, uh, uh, like what had happened since. You didn't really understand why he was under house arrest and no one else was. Um, I felt. But, uh, you, yeah, you kind of got that. I like the technology involved in it all. Uh, Ghost, again, like, because now I'm an advocate of a good bad guy. I didn't feel Ghost was a good bad guy. Um, you didn't really understand her intention. She was a bit off the wall. 
Um, like people are trying to help her and she's pushing the people away who are trying to help her. Uh, she wasn't rational enough. I think bad guys need a sense of rationality. Um, she didn't have that. And we've um, been spoiled. We've been spoiled this year because, I mean, we've had, in, in Marvel films at least, we've had like Killmonger and we've had Thanos. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We, we've been quite spoiled with bad guys. So I think it made it stick even more out than, than had we not had that year of Marvel villains before it. Because, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Like, I thought the character was good and I thought the, um, you know, her powers were good and it was it was interesting, but it just felt a bit underdone, a bit underwritten. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it was a much better film than Ant-Man overall. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I always good to see Michelle Pfeiffer in a film. Um, so that was good. Again, you know, good use of that the aging process that they've kind of really perfected down at Marvel. Um, yeah. I thought they all looked good. But, um, yeah, and and with that, so after what we were saying about, you know, Incredibles and, you know, the, the strong woman, you know, and all this, I thought um, the Wasp was actually really good. I think she, I think the film was better because she was in a, a supporting role. Yeah, totally than, agree. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, like, I'll say supporting, like, co, co-lead rather than the kind of, she felt uh, like uh, very much a bit part of the first Ant-Man. So I really think yeah. that she she kind of like stepped up to the but plate. Again, I think, as you say, I think because they didn't chuck it down our throats, the ghost was a woman and wasp was a woman, because it wasn't ever chucked down our throats, there was no there was no problem with it. Michelle Pfeiffer comes along, like not thrown, like not chucked down our throats and whatever. Mm. Um, it was fine. You know, you've not got to make a song and dance about, you know, women being the heroines and, like, you know, the bad guys and whatever. Um, so, yeah, I thought, I thought, yeah, I enjoyed Ant-Man, but the end credits, man, well, the admission fee for the end credits scene alone, wasn't it? Well, not the end end credits scenes, but definitely the mid credit scene. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Man. Yeah, very good, very good. I, I, you know, what what that really... I think did a good job of doing was kind of uh, bringing you up a little bit after the depressing end of Infinity War. Um, yeah. So, you know, that left you on a downer, that kind of like picked you back up again. Sure, it dropped you back down at the end of Ant-Man, but, um, you know, I think it was good. And I think, you know, most people now, if you're into comic book films, are, you know, just chomping at the bit for Captain Marvel next year. Um, yeah. to try and make some sense of what's going to happen in uh, Avengers 4 that comes out but about again, six weeks Captain later. Ma- uh, Captain Marvel, isn't that based in the 90s? It is, yeah. Yeah, so it's not going to be like you know, a straight immediate follow-up. No, but I think what what you will get, or what I'm hoping to get from Captain Marvel, bear in mind we've seen no trailers or anything yet for it, yeah. is that Although yes, it's in the nineties, you know the the absolute end. Spoilers for those that haven't seen Infinity War yet, and if if you haven't, why? Um, if you haven't, don't listen to our podcast. You're not welcome. <laughs> get out. Um, go and watch that as well. Um, but at the end of Infinity War, you know he um, Nick Fury pages Captain Marvel because that's obviously how everyone in the nineties communicated was with a pager. Um, and you're left with, well, what, what's Captain Marvel going to do? And, you know, when you hear, like, Kevin Feige 
um, who was like president of, of Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, talk about Captain Marvel. And he talks about the fact that, you know, she's the one that has the, you know, she's the only one that's powerful enough to be able to try and correct things. You know, we don't really know much about her in the films. We know nothing about her in the films. So, and I'm, I've never really followed her in comic books. I don't know how strong she has or, or she is or what her powers are. So, Captain Marvel, well, you know, when you watch that, my expectation is that you'll get an idea of the kind of impact she could have in the next Avengers film. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, although it's not set as a follow-on or anything like that, I think that's what they're. I'm hoping to get from it is that understanding of why this character is important, why this character is going to be able to change things, whatever she can do, and how she can do it. Um, so yeah, so I think I think that was a good way of doing it. Um, and straight after that, or the next day, I went to see uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. No, I haven't seen it yet. It's wonderful. I, yeah. a lot of people. Do not like Tom Cruise. My wife being one of them. My wife being one of them. Um, just doesn't like him. Doesn't want to really watch films of him in. Uh, I try and make her watch the good ones like um, Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, Live, Die... Wait, what's Live, Die, Repeat? It's what they re- referred to. It was called Edge of Tomorrow, wasn't it? That one where oh, it's like Groundhog Day. But when the, the you, film... That's not a, like... You're talking about good or best Tom Cruise movies. That's not in the top ten. You Come are on. joking. Of course it is. It's, a, it's not in the top ten. Not it's a chance. A brilliant film. Well, what's not, in the top ten? Cocktail. That's a good. I'll put that in front of that. Oh, fuck off. Um, oh, absolutely, I would. Absolutely. But anyway, um, I like the Mission Impossible films. I made. I just because I'd watched it just before going to watch Fallout. I watched Rogue yeah. Nation. Cause I now tell me. It. Did Mission Impossible, what is this, number 19, Mission Impossible 19, did this Mission Impossible, did it follow the tried and tested formula of every Tom Cruise movie? And this is coming from someone who likes Tom Cruise and likes Tom Cruise's movies, but did it follow the tried and tested formula of every Tom Cruise movie? What's What's the tried and tested formula? All right, so... I'll do this for the previous Mission Impossible movies, okay? Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's a secret agent. He's a very good secret agent. He has a crisis in confidence. A beautiful woman comes along and restores his confidence. He's a good secret agent again. That is not what happens in the Mission Impossible films and is not what happened nah. in this one. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Name another Tom Cruise movie. Rogue Nation doesn't happen. Doesn't have a crisis of confidence. No. Well, it's still, right, it's still Mission Possible. Name another Tom Cruise movie. Live, Die, Repeat. Edge of Tomorrow. Doesn't happen in that either. What is he in Edge of Tomorrow? I don't even know. Name another one. You keep saying Live, Die, live, die Repeat. Uh, Not even calls it. War, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. He's, he's a dad. <laughs> he's, he's a shit dad. Classic <laughs> <laughs> confidence. Beautiful woman comes along, restores, Christ, like, restores confidence. He's a good dad again, isn't he? The Saves Huh? The Mummy? I ain't seen that. No, I haven't seen it either. I do want to watch it. I've heard, I've heard it's not as bad as people say it is, by a long stretch, but uh, it did ruin a whole cinematic universe from even starting, so there's that. Um, no, I thought Fallout is one of the best action films I've seen in a long time. Um, Rogue Nation was, was brilliant, 
But the weird thing about the Mission Impossible series of films, because most of them are quite different, um, but it's one of the few series that seems to get better as they go along. Like most series get yeah. worse, these seem to get better. And I really don't know if Fallout's better than Rogue Nation, but I hold both of them with very high regard. Um, he was excellent in it. Henry Cavill was superb. I've never really got on with, on the Henry Cavill gravy train. Um, I, I didn't really understand what all the hype was. He's a, a good Superman, and that's about all I can say. He, um, he's good in uh, Man from Uncle, if you've not seen that. I wasn't a big fan of the film. No. You're right, he's good in that film, though. But I wasn't. I can't say I was really taken with it. I thought it was alright, but that was about it. But um, in this, he's he's superb. The whole cast are good. Um, really great action sequences. You see the bit when um, Tom Cruise smashes his ankle. Which yeah. is one of the main reasons to watch those films, to be honest, is the crazy stunts that he actually does himself. But no, it's it's one of the best summer action films I've seen in a long time. Um, not going to win any Oscars, but. Really, really enjoyable, and I'm glad it's doing well, so it well. Well, it might now, though, might not it? Mm. Because you, because we've got a new sweet. Oscar. We have got a new Oscar category. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about it now. So, you are. Well, I, was, I was really, I was really happy when I heard this because, like, in the last few years, is it a few years? There's been some really shoddy films that have won the best picture. Oh, I'd say the last probably decade. You've I've seen got, yeah, some really shoddy films win or or be nominated for. I'd, I'd have to see the list of winners because there was like um, there well, was one one I was quite happy about. The Hurt Locker, I remember that winning. That was shocker. Pretty poor. Was that two thousand eight? Uh, two thousand ten, I think, because like okay. everyone had money on Avatar winning it for some bizarre reason. Um, the Artist. I like The Artist. I'm not going to slap that. I like The Artist. Um, Birdman. Nah. Awful. Um, Moonlight. No. Uh, Absolute biggest piece of shit. No, I know you feel about. I know you feel about Moonlight. Um, I'm trying to think what was in between that. I'm sure there's something else in between that. Well, what's the one that won this year? It wasn't Moonlight this year, was it? No. Because Moonlight was the, the controversy, wasn't it? Yeah, that was oh, last year. Shape of Water, wasn't it? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See? Forgotten already. Yeah. Um, Which I... I, yeah. I, I so now, now we've got an Oscar award where they're actually going to give it out to a film that people, people go like. and see. Yeah. I and mean, we saw... I mean, I thought Three Billboards was going to smash it. Um, we we saw both Shape of Water and Free Billboards. I like Free Billboards, and I thought Shape of Water yeah. was alright. I thought it was very well done, but I thought Free Billboards was a better film. Yeah. And yet, Lindsay watched both and didn't really rate either. Yeah, she really, I, I really hated Free Billboards. Yeah, that's it. Like you know, people want to watch a film and be enjoyed by it, and it was a like Billboards was a bit arty in that sense. I really enjoyed it, but I can see why people may not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now we get an Oscar where you know it's going to be a, a popular. I forget the category, but it's basically going to be given to a film that does well at the box office. Is it not like going to be Viewers' Choice or something? 
Is it nah, not going to be like the Brits where they nah, text, you can text in? It's not as MTV as that. <laughs> no, but I think it's good. Well, you know what? I, I know why they've done this category and why they've done it now. I'm calling the winner for next year already. Black Panther. Go on. To go Black Panther. Not because, not because I think it deserves it. I like Black Panther, but I didn't rave about it like a lot of people have done. But yeah. just because of culturally what it's, it's kind of done. I mean, the one thing I that see. you can't take away from Black Panther is the fact that it, it's the first, you know, it, it did massive numbers and it's like the first really popular mainstream film to feature a predominantly black cast. And I yeah, think it's going to yeah. knock down, because I, I was having this discussion with somebody the other day about the fact that, um, you know, you still get, a, you know, Jack Whitehall got in trouble the other week because he's going to play Disney's first ever gay character and they think it should be a gay guy playing him. And then there was the bloke from Stranger Things is going to be in the, the BBC adaption of The Elephant Man and disability charities have, have complained about that and about the fact... What? Because he's not disabled. Okay. And they're saying that, I you know, it's... Know. it's, it's, it's I not... can't imagine the stick that Idris Elba's going to get. <laughs> Well, half America ain't going to watch the new James Bond if that ever happened. I Um, I hope no one's going to screen a a version of Tootsie anytime soon. Bloody hell, poor old Dustin. But the thing is, or Mrs. Doubtfire, but the the, the fact is, is that for for too long, um, for too long, you've you've had this um, situation where, you know, there's been claims of whitewashing. Sometimes that is very true as well. Um, You've had... Uh, films kind of like been swept under the radar because of them being, um, you know, led by people of colour rather than a white protagonist. Um, and they've always used people that as a reason. People of colour, is that such a white person way of saying black people? Well, no, because people there you go. Colour. But see, there, there's your problem. Why is this? Well, because what? So black, black are the only people. Are we back people. to the apartheid? Are we, the are we, there's, so there's white people and black Jesus. people when there's no Chinese right. people or Asian Eminem people. Eminem could write or, a song about you. You're an idiot. People of colour is, is like people of, of colour. everything. That's, that sounds like a gang that you hang about in. It's the ga- it is the game that I hang about with. I'm the only white person in it. But th- like for too long... People of colour. <laughs> I don't like single you so much. That is trying to put everything under the umbrella. Basically, anything that's not white is well, no, referred to as people of colour. But you've absolutely reversed it. It's not, but it's not, that's not my term. I didn't create it. That is what sure, they... It's not a term. Like, no one says people of colour. No one says people of colour. Of course they don't. Like, no one says it. Well, no, because it's people of colour. Because, you know, no one is referred to as being coloured. So why do you say that they are people of colour? Well, because you just said, well, that's all black people. It's not all black people. It's people, pe- people of different Asian descents, Chinese people, people from Japan, Korea, whatever. Right? It's not well, a- supposed Asian. to just... Well, it's not just one type of Asian, is there? Or are you well, saying yeah, that uh, there's Asian. only one type of Asian? No, but they're from Asia rather than people of colour. Jeez. You've been watching too much 1980s TV. Must be. 
Uh, cool. What's the next film you saw? So I had oh, to... yeah, he's, just, he's just taking off your Alf Garnet jumper. <laughs> I, just, I just had to go and walk away and let the dog out. <laughs> I, I thought I'll, I'll listen. I'll uh, I, listen I, I to. You. Was, I thought you was trying. I thought someone was throwing a rope for that hole you found yourself in. Why? What? Because I'm using a term that is what everyone's discussing at the moment, except you, apparently, for some Pete. bizarre reason. I've never heard of it. Never like Pete. not my word, not my phrase. Just what people are referring to. What's the, the next film you saw? Hey, fuck it. Let's talk more about this this thing that's really tickled you that oh, try and make you have to be racist for. Um, so See, that's the thing. That's the thing. Everyone jumps on the bandwagon now. Now, I'm, I'm not saying you're racist. I'm just saying that the term sounds dated. That's what I'm saying. It is fucking dated, but it's a Hollywood term, isn't it? It's a cool it's system. But if you know it's dated, then why use it? Like, that's what I'm saying. I'm using it in the context of the it's conversation. It's not a Hollywood phrase. It's never a Hollywood phrase. It's never like, coming soon, people of colour are now superheroes. It probably, it probably is, actually. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if you find a trailer with that in. It really... It, coming like, soon, would, it, would starring it, Oprah Winfrey, Whoopi Goldberg, people is, of colour, you joked about, about Idris Elba, right? And this is something that I really do not get why people are upset about. The only reason why people should get upset about Idris Elba becoming James Bond is that he's too old for the role. That's the only reason. Yeah. I, I don't think he should get it because of that reason. But the number of people that turn around and say he can't be James Bond because he's black, right? That, I've never understood that argument at all. Because, unless, and, and admittedly, I've not read all of Ian Fleming's many novels about James Bond. But unless in every book they explicitly say he's blonde-haired and blue-eyed, which is not even that in the films, to be honest, then what difference does it make if they do get a black actor to play him? Because to me, I've always, seen, I've always seen James Bond, I've always understood James Bond to be like almost like a code name. Yeah, yeah. Because... You know, he's been around 40 years. People don't seem to recognise him. You'd have thought yeah. if it was, you know, the same person for the last 40 years, he would age appropriately and people would start to recognise him. Yeah. So that's why I've, I've never understood all this, this hoo-ha about it. But I don't... I, I, the thing is, Daniel Craig, at this moment of us recording, is making Bond 25. Yeah, and, even if Daniel Boyle isn't. Well, yeah, exactly. But... You know, that's going to be a year away. The next Bond film is going to be, what, three, four years away at least because of that? Well, Idris Elba will be like 52. They've basically got to find out when Ron Howard can come in and save the day. Like he, <laughs> he does seem to be... This is it. Like, Idris Elba, for me, like when, when, like, what, two years ago they were talking about who the next Bond's going to be. Um, Idris Elba just isn't Bond for me. Um, I don't care what the colour of his skin is. Um, he's not Bond. I don't think he's suave. I've not seen Luther, so I could be wrong. But I don't think he's suave enough to be Bond. I think Bond needs a certain element of suaveness. And he is, you know, a bit of a rogue. And rogues could be suave, um, as we've seen with Tom Hardy. But Idris Elba just lacks that certain je ne sais quoi 
that a Bond requires. And again, I could be wrong because maybe he's not played Suave before. Maybe he's not been, you know, in the position to play Suave. But I just, I don't get that from him. If like, I agree. Like, if you've just seen, if your idea of Idris Elba is those Sky adverts, then I'm a hundred percent on board that he's not the person to play Bond. I've seen him do other roles, and I think he's got a bit more character. And to be honest, when they announced um, Daniel Craig as being James Bond. A lot of people said the same thing. You know, yeah. I think it depends on the role, uh, the, how the character's been written for the film to see if he could actually put it off. But I do agree that on the surface, he doesn't have the qualities you'd expect from James Bond. Now, I said, I can't remember if I said it on a podcast or not, but I said John Boyega would be a better choice for me because he's a bit younger nah, as well. He's, nah, he's, nah, better he's a choice. Trip, though, isn't he? Yeah. But again, you, James Bond, because the thing is, what Idris Elba has over Boyega is if um, Idris Elba walks years? into a room, you believe he could knock out everyone in that room. If Boyega walks into that room, you believe that he's going to run. Yeah. He's not commanding. James Bond, and again, like with the walk, James Bond has a certain strut to him. Um, that sort of, you know, uh, confidence, cockiness, arrogance, whatever. Um, I just can't see Idris Elba pulling off that walk. Mm. Like, and don't get me wrong. Like, if Jamie Foxx was ten years younger, Jamie Foxx could be Bond. He doesn't have to be English. I don't care. Um, someone like Jamie Foxx could be Bond. Someone like maybe Will Smith. Not sure. Maybe too tall, too ugly. Um, but. It doesn't matter. Yeah. For me, I just don't think that, you know, he's Bond-like. I think Tom Hardy would be a good Bond. Yeah, I mean, obviously people have said Henry Cavill. I mean, the thing is, like, uh, and this is another thing. He's too pumped. He's Superman. I don't think you can be Superman and Bond. No, I mean, mean, I'm I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. And the thing is, like, again, a lot of people have said, well, it has to be, I mean, it's got to be a British actor. It's got to be a British actor. Now, yeah. I again, I could kind of understand that if they turned around and said, "Well, Superman can't be English." Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't have it kind of both ways. I don't think. I think as long as I, I think James Bond should be British, but I don't think that means that a British person needs to play him. See, I, I don't care about that. Like, um, it was because I thought it was a great shout to play Bond, and he, he was a good price at the time. And then he's coming to be one of joint. There was loads at four to one. Um, who's your fella in X Men that's German? Oh, Fastbender. Yeah, I think he'd be wicked Bond. But again, I think uh, what I just thought while we're talking about Idris Elba, I think the problem with him is that he's not a leading actor in the terms of Hollywood. Um, like with Dark Tower. He kind of shared the billion with McConaughey, who is a leading man. Idris Elba, who I loved as Gunslinger, um, wasn't a lead actor, wasn't in every scene. Um, And he almost played second fiddle to the kid in a lot of the scenes. Um, I don't think he's a leading actor and is uh, like box office sort of material. I think Fastman is actually Irish. Oh, is he? I think so, and I'm only, I'm only thinking that because I know when Why I was watching. German. 
maybe he's a bad I think guy. he's no, I think he's half I think he's half German or something. I think I think you're you're not too far off, but I remember watching um the first X Men film he's in, first class. And um like during the film you notice how bad his accent is because sometimes yeah. he sounds English. He, I mean he's not trying to do it in McKellen, but sorry Ian McKellen. But he's trying to do an English accent, but other times the Irish comes flying through. And when you notice yeah. it, it's really hard to like to revert back. You know, it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's it's it's, it's not good. But I, th- I think he's a good actor. I mean, I, I could, I think he's got the look for it. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I, I just can't wait for America to lose their shit when they do announce a black James Bond, and that'll crack me. That's the thing. Like um, James Bond, like I've never been a fan of James Bond. I've, I think I've seen most of them. Um, but it's never a case of oh, like Bonds on TV, I must watch it. Um, it was just something that was on when I was a kid and I watched, but never been a big fan. Like, never got what the hype is about with James Bond. I've enjoyed the Daniel Craig series, and I've liked certain well, Quantum Bonds. of Solace was absolute shit. Oh, no, I mean, Quantum of Solace is one of the worst. Quantum films. of Solace is there like Age of Ultron in it, it was a film that didn't. <sighs> I get I mean like, the thing is I get there was a lot of issues with the production of that film but that but they still released it so you know it still happened they should have just scrapped it it's, it's awful but Spectres are good one of the best I think Bond films Casino Royale was good and, um, Casino Royale was I mean, really good no sorry I, I said Spectres Casino Spe- Royale was the best one Spectres wasn't too bad but uh, Skyfall was was the one. That one I think's been the best Sky- one. I th- yeah, I think Skyfall was good. Casino Royale was class, because that yeah. one just brought Daniel Craig into it, and it rejuvenated that franchise, which had been yeah, stunning for a long time. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it does hold up. But um, yeah, I can't remember we saw uh, people complaining. I can't remember what the role was that like had led to that conversation about why people have been complaining, but. Um, yeah, I just just uh, to me, I I always think that the best actor for the role should get it. I don't think it should matter too. I don't think it, it should matter if the actor is of the right descent, and I don't think it should be given to somebody. <laughs> Look at just... you, Gandalf Pithy. Now it's the thing, right? So you've got Robin Hood coming out later this year. Have you seen who's playing Little John? Uh, I did watch the trailer. Uh, who is it? Jamie Fox. Oh yeah, I couldn't remember if he was playing him or playing another character. Yeah, ridiculous. It... Why? Because well, one is about five foot eight. Yeah. Little John is called Little John because he's big. You might be wearing stilts. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care what you look like. Even if they've got um, Magic Johnson to come in and play him, it's got to be big right. to be Little John. Which is why people got pissed off with those Tom Cruise Jack Reacher films, because Jack Reacher is yeah, famously yeah, yeah, like yeah. six foot six or or six foot four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Like you've got to be big to be Little John. Right. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And I like Jamie Fox. He's a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Get in paper driver. Not that we can watch that film ever again. Um, 
Yeah, you can watch it. But, you know, because there was a lot of controversy over uh, a film I didn't see this summer that I wanted to, which was um, uh, Skyscraper. Because The Rock was playing somebody with a prosthetic leg. And um, one of the lobby groups was saying, well, that role should have gone to somebody with that disability. Where are where are you finding these groups? So if I've got to ask, no, you, it's where not, you I'm not. It? I'm not finding. This is what I'm seeing in you know on on entertainment sites. You know they're obviously really? doing a petition or whatever or, or making a complaint. Now the thing is, is what, and again, I don't know if I say it to you in the podcast or say it to people. Everyone has just too much time to find gripes with anything. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, because, and, and, but also it's people who are getting offended on behalf of other people. And it's like, you can ask someone who's got a prosthetic leg, how do you feel about the rock playing with someone with a prosthetic leg? And they'll be like, I don't really care. I've not seen the film. I don't care. But you'll take people up who have got able body limbs who are getting offended on behalf of people who ain't offended. Yeah, but the thing is... It's the worst of social media. But the thing is, right, if that film... If you had somebody... controlling people who have got a complaint about something that they bought. True. But the thing is, like, what would you have done? Like, if the, if you're saying that if you're having a film made with somebody where the character's written to have, like, a fake leg, you've got to, you can only have someone to do it. I mean, if Adam Hills was a star skyscraper, it wouldn't have been a $150 million budget action film. It would have been it's a $10 million, Well, yeah, it would be. But it would be, like, a $10 million straight-to-DVD effort. Here's the thing, right? Because I'm guessing that film's a 12, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're taking, like, a kid who's, like, recently been in a car accident, proper low on confidence or whatever, like, you know, proper knocks him. You know, he's having to now adapt and whatever. And he sees the rock in the exact same position, I guess, yep. as himself. Yep. That's got to do something for you, isn't it? Here's the rock. The biggest man on any screen and he's just like you be it on in the movie you're gonna get something from that yeah you're not gonna think oh my god why didn't that go to someone who's got a fake leg you're gonna think oh wow the rock's like this i 100 percent agree i 100 percent agree that that's how i see it surely as long as the representation is positive surely it can only be a positive if if, yeah. if if he like you know, if, if he was doing a role like that and he hadn't done his research or he wasn't walking as somebody with that disability would walk, I'd I'd kind of go okay, I can see why you've got some things here. But generally, these things they try and make them, uh, you know, work with people that have had the condition or know about the condition or what, you know whatever it is, so they can get an understanding of what it must be like to to have it. That's why it's called yeah. acting because you're pretending to do something you're not. You can't just give film roles out to people because they tick the actual box of what that should be. The role should go to the person that's most appropriate for it. And if you can find me someone that's got one leg that's as big and as charismatic as a rock is to headline an action film, he can have the role. But there ain't one. So, tough titties. Uh, And the Jack Whitehall thing, um, the fact that he's playing a gay character and he's straight. yeah. That's been happening the other way around for years. I mean, even Will and Grace has done it twice now with, you know, the lead actor playing the I, I think guy. I agree, because, again, it kind of takes, like, because he must be buzzing about getting such a big Hollywood movie. 
Um, and it's probably made him feel less of a buzz about it. Oh, absolutely. But I, I don't think it's the fact that he's straight playing a gay character. I think it's straight. It's the fact that he's straight and he's playing a camp gay character. I think that's the gripe. Yeah, but he's camp anyway. Yeah, I, I know, you know, maybe America doesn't know. Hmm. Um, but I, I think that's... And... I, think it, I think it's a portrayal more than the orientation. But what portrayal? Because right. they just but again, started filming it. again, they've never seen it. the movie, so it's like... Well, they've, they've not even, the started, they've and not even then, started filming it. But again, it's people who ain't even gay who are getting swept up in this. And it's like, man... Yeah. Pick a side already, you know? Oh, so that's what we said. So the reason why I think uh, Black Panther will be the one that gets that first Oscar is because of yeah. its importance culturally. Because... Hashtag people of colour. Hashtag people of colour. Because I do hope that with films like that, and also, what's that one that's just, it's doing big numbers in America? Is it Crazy Rich Asians? Yes. Right? Films like that struggle to get made or struggle to normally get an audience because it's seen as an ethnic cast. Yeah. Don't shoot me down for that. It's, again, not a term I've come up with. That's a term nah, that is that's going about. That's a good about. one, mate. That's, that's a good one. That's a belt of that. That's a belt of that one. But, you know, because these films have done so well, you know, I think the attitude with Hollywood has always been, well, people like white people, so we'll stick white people in our films, regardless if they should or should not have those roles. And hopefully now they'll, you know, they'll start taking more chances in, you know, trying to be more diverse. Yeah. Because it's, it's something that, you know, is and has been severely lacking for a long time. And I think that tide is changing. So I think it would actually be, while it wouldn't be my choice, it would be positive if Black Panther did get it. And I could see it happening for that reason. Slightly political, but with better intentions than political intentions. Well, because I read that the reason they uh, introduced this award was basically ratings. Uh, Oscar's taken such a bashing... Year on uh, year. Ratings, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So I believe that is why they brought in this award. Um, I was really happy about it. Um, that was my immediate reaction, and then I read that Mamma Mia is in consideration for it. So my happiness went to uh, dismay and regret. I don't think, uh, to be honest, like I think it's had a tepid reception. I don't think it's been received as well as the first one had been so I don't think you need to worry about that I don't think it's got a chance to be honest um, but um, I know there's a few films that I haven't seen that you had so what films did you see? Go on, what have I seen? Uh, I saw Super Troopers 2 Don't Bother Is it not as good uh, as the first? Nah Okay. Um, what else have I seen? Can you remember what I've seen? I can't remember what I've seen you saw, What else have Christopher, Robin. Chris Robin. You see Chris Robin. You see there, Christopher Robin. I had tickets to go the other night, and yeah, he's still I not seen it. Nah, sort your life out. I really didn't fancy the walk, so I didn't go. And you do, you do fucking Disney podcast. You haven't even seen Christopher Robin in a Disney know, movie. I know, but everyone else around me's seen it and said how good it is. So I feel like I don't need to. But how it, could you not need to see a film that everyone says good? No, the no, films no, no. you do fancy, don't they? Yeah, but, but at the same time, I can quite happily sit and watch that at home when it comes out. I oh, yeah, by the way, in 10 minutes' time, The Purge is on Channel 4. I know, I know. I've got it on Plus One uh, to record. Um, it's, it's on in an hour and 10 minutes. 
It's also Netflix, actually. I might, I might cancel the recording. Um, um, Chris Robin's great, by the way. Yeah. And what's great, because the thing is, I was talking to, I think I was talking to my mum about this, right? Because uh, I didn't take the kids to see it. Because yeah. um, I, I, was, I went to see it. I was a huge Winnie the Pooh fan when I was a kid. So he's still in my heart, even if, and he's now a mental piece as well, funny enough. And um, so I wanted to see it because it was the first time we'd seen a live action Winnie the Pooh movie. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was always going to bring back all nostalgia and memories and whatnot. Um, and I remember saying to you how I feel like I know why I resonate so much like Winnie the Pooh. Because I feel like I'm a bit like Winnie the Pooh in that I don't really care that much, don't get stressed out about much. And just always seem to find a way and happy enough that there will always be a way to resolve whatever issue it is be it that I can't get to honey or I can't find my friends. True. Um, and I think the why um, uh, people like myself um, are really, uh, and why kids, uh, like my mum went to see it the other day, and she went to your cinema, funny enough, and she said that there was, barely, there was barely a spare seat in there, and this was an afternoon screening. Oh, that's good. And, and there were no kids. And I think the reason for this is because my generation, and you go back to her generation, when we watch TV, we weren't spoiled for choice for TV programs. When we got home from school, um, kids' TV started at half past three, finished about 5.35, and that was about it. And the weekends, it started early, maybe six. I wasn't up then, but probably about seven. And you had um, Pro Stars, David Denome. I love Pro Stars. And you had all these sort of shows. But then that finished by easily by what half nine. Then you had like going live, live and kicking that sort of stuff till maybe as late as midday. Um, but that was it for TV. Kids nowadays, it's not me sounding really old and how much is bacon. But kids nowadays are so uh, unin- uh, inundated, sorry, with TV programs. They have about at least twenty channels most of which are 24-7, yep. showing so many different TV shows that there's not going to be one that they are able to relate solely to or they can really latch onto because when their show finishes, the next one's on. Yep. So whether they're watching Paw Patrol or Blazing Monster Machines or Peppa Pig or anything that's on CBeebies like Night Garden, um, it's just they're inundated with TV shows and I'm not saying they're crap but there's just so many of them that they can't then relate to one in particular in the way that I perhaps can for Winnie the Pooh because I read it when I was a kid and I related it to to when I was a kid because there wasn't that much else same as my mum like when she was a kid Winnie the Pooh just came out uh, as a book Yeah. so of course she's going to relate to it so I think it's that sort of like uh, film and nostalgia value why people of um, like our sort of age and older are really latching onto it. Yeah, and it does. I mean, it's it's not been a, a particularly um, a big film. It's not done mm. very well in America. It's huh? not done huh? that great here either. Um, but it does. I seem don't think to, it was expected to, was it? Like it was low budget. I think I think there was a lot of hype around it coming out because the trailers for it had made it look a lot of fun but to be honest yeah you you dump a film out in august um you're not expecting it you know it's, it's yeah. not the time to bring out big films so I, i'm not that surprised by it if if i'm honest but what he's telling 
is that if you try you try and get your hands on the actual cuddly toys. Mate, I'm livid about this, by the way, because as dust. you know, I went to the premiere, went to the premiere, and knew that they were on sale, like they were giving them away at the premiere, didn't get one, looked them on the Disney store, and I don't like the new look for the Disney store, I don't know if you guys are talking yes, about that, I don't no, we like haven't it. Yet. No, but it's not very and, good. And, and I don't like how they've changed the actual look of the Disney store in the shop itself. Um, I don't know if you've been to Westfield one recently, but it's completely had like a, how they've moved stuff about, and at the front, it's baby stuff. Um, they've uh, yeah they've done away with loads. It doesn't look like a good story. Have they? Because I've not been in there for a while. Have they taken a lot of stuff out? And I mean, like furniture wise. Yeah, you know the big thing that you could walk underneath that had all of the cuddly toys on. That is gone now. So, because what Disney are doing a lot of at the moment is they're opening up what they call pop up shops, although they seem to be quite permanent. But yeah. they look like generic shops. They're quite blue. They just have like generic shelving, um, yeah. Disney music playing, um, but just like looks like any other shop in the world, but just yeah. all the shelves have got Disney merchandise on. Um, and it seems to be just to make them as bland as possible. And I, I it must be a cost saving thing. Yeah. Um, but they've taken out the heart as far as I'm concerned because yeah exactly right if you go to I mean I know the Westfield one wasn't quite the same but um, like the other week Lindsay took the kids to the the Oxford Street one and uh, you know got Cinderella's carriage in there and they've got big um, statues of the characters you can pose with you go under the castle to go downstairs you've got a little cave bit downstairs for you to watch trailers and little short cartoons and stuff and it just feels more like an experience whilst the other shops now just are becoming just a standard toy shop it's just very seems very odd to to kind of cut all this magic away you know romford's reopening one as well oh is it i didn't know that but again it'll be one of these really basic stores Um, long gone are the days with the cinema film and the uh of course, of course, it will last because people buy Disney merchandise. That's what they're yeah, bothered about. Just... Yeah, well, yeah, there is that. Um, yeah, I was annoyed by these toys because um, I bought a smaller Winnie the Pooh because I, I just thought he looked wicked. Yeah. Um, so I bought a smaller one, and then at the premiere, and I go on the Disney store app because I didn't, you know, I wasn't given one, and I saw them, and it was twenty pound each, and I could have bought them all, but I thought, nah, I'll leave it till I see the film, and maybe like. You know, maybe I'll get one after, or maybe wait till Black Friday. And as you say, now you can't buy them for love nor money from the Disney store. I think um, give it a, a few months. I imagine run up to Christmas, they'll probably start replenishing shelves. But yeah, I've been into a couple of Disney stores now, not single. I, I think but, but I, I've, I've been checking like, oh, but yeah, that's it. They've got room. I've been checking like every day online to see when they get the stock coming, mm. and. Yeah, they're just not getting them in. Yeah, so I mean that's that that's at least that's something. And I'm I'm obviously going to Disneyland Paris in a couple of weeks, so I'll I'll keep my eye out there. I mean I don't know if this if the films even come out in France yet, but normally they'll, they'll yeah, sell has, some stuff. Yeah, has come out again. Okay, um, so yes, yeah, so if the parts have got them, I'll I'll, um, I'll get you one. But um, and so I'll get you a Thanos fist cup as well if you want one. Um, yeah. I've just bought, in fact, I'll, I'll reveal it on this show because not everyone will listen to it, but I've just bought my running top. If, if anyone's still listening now, you should give something away. 
I'll give him this. I'll give this information away. I just bought right. my running top for the because I realised I watched the video. They did like a little promo video of the the last year's run Disney event. Yes. I thought oh, God, like people dressed up in in Tron costumes and stuff. And I thought, God, why have I not got something to wear that's like a bit fun because it's supposed to be like a fun thing. And I've just yeah. bought. I just managed to get. Um, I think I told you like the the five k run. So the five k yes. run is a Marvel one, and it's on a Friday yeah. night, so it's at night, so it's, it's dark and everything. So I thought, well, that's the night I want to wear something a bit funky. So I've bought a um, running top, like a compressed top of uh, Thanos. Oh, nice! Yeah, like his yeah, armor. Seen... So that's yeah, that's what I'll be it. that's what I'll be wearing for the run Disney event. Just all the my advice would be to run with it first. Because sometimes the quality of these isn't there, and it will almost like fall off of you, depending on where you get it from, sort of thing. What in terms of it being too bad? Like... It will just like disintegrate. Some of them will just like you know pull away at you. I've, I've seen this happen oh, before. Really? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not planning to actually run. It first. I'm not planning well, to do a, a run that night because it'll, it's only a five k. But I'm going to be doing lots of character photos. But I, I take your point. Um, what was he saying? Who cares? Um, but yeah, so Christopher Robin, I, I will go and see it before it runs out. I will. I am determined to go and see it. I just didn't feel up to it the other day. Um, yeah. But was there anything else you took the kids to see over the summer? So, did you say see like Hotel nah, Transylvania nah. or something? Was that one? Nah, 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 none of that, mate. Nah, none of that. Now, I've not really had time to take them to see much too much. Um, I think it was just uh, Incredibles two. No, I've taken them to see. So, yeah, that's it. I've, I've not been, like, as I say, I've not been uh, cinema myself uh, that much more than uh, we've mentioned. No, no, you was going to go and see that Screen X, weren't you? But didn't in the end. What was that? that? It's called that, that 280, 270 degree cinema screen. Oh, yeah, I think it's called that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, because I had uh, read a few reviews on it. Um, unfortunately, I found out that rather than show the screen on all three screens, uh, one, like, uh, uh, so it's, where's it, like a 280 sort of effect with three screens? Um, I thought the film was going to be shown on all three, and I thought that sounds wicked. But it turns out that they only show parts of the movie on all three screens. Um, and at most, there's like 10 minutes of a, Hour and a half movie is on all three screens, so I can't be doing that. Nah, nah, just pointless gimmick. 4DX yeah. or D box all the way. Um, yeah. Right, so the last thing I think we wanted to talk about, if people are still listening, is the wrestling. Wrestling! Um, we stayed up and watched SummerSlam, which is the first time, probably since not this year, but last year's WrestleMania, we've watched an event together. Did we even watch that yeah. together? I can't remember. I think I think we did, but um, I was staying over at yours, and uh, and we stayed up and watched SummerSlam. And we we went through the whole event, didn't we? No, sorry, we didn't watch that. We watched NXT. Yeah, it was NXT. NXT we watched, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Takeover was quite NXT. Really is where it's at. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean that was that was a heck of a pay per view. Um, yeah, yeah, SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah, yeah some right. moments in it. Um, main event was interesting. 
Um, they've done so well with Roman Reigns. Um, like as bad as the writing's been since WrestleMania, and it's been bad. As bad, yeah, as bad as storylines have been, and it has been bad. They've been so smart with Roman Reigns. Um, you know, because this is what it was the fifth match against Brock Lesnar, and he's kind of beaten him already, but he's not won the title. It was so smart, everything that they've done around Roman Reigns getting the title. In the uh, so now because they know people are going to boo him, so he kind of uh, and they teased Braun Strowman cashing in because they didn't want everyone walking out during the main event or booing both of the wrestlers like they did for Lesnar Goldberg. So they had Strowman tease that he was going to cash in. Um, after the match that everyone stayed for that because Strowman's over and God forbid they put the title on the person who is over. Um, but they have Strowman there. Uh, Roman Reigns pins him, wins him clean, holds up the title, cameras go off air. Next day on Raw, um, he challenges um, Finn Balor, the guy who everyone loves, and wants to see win the Universal title, but has never been given a title match. He comes out and he says, yeah, I'll give you a match. They have a match. Great. Um, is that when, is that the same night that Strowman comes out? Yes. Yeah, Strowman comes out to cash in, and then the Shields come back, because obviously no one's going to boo the dude when he's standing next to Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, who are both so over never going to happen. So, um, again, they're just getting, it's not even a case of getting Roman Reigns over, but it's a case of not giving people an opportunity or a chance to boo him um, because of who they're aligning with. They've now turned Braun Strowman Hill by aligning him with Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, who are very established as heels. Um, and again, aligning Roman Reigns uh, with the Shield, he's only going to be cheered because he's with those two. Yeah, I kind of feel that I'd have rather, you know, it's, it's good that they've brought the shield back because I think, to be honest, as much as like those guys have been over, the other two guys have been over, um, I, I just think they've been floundering a little bit, really. Mm. They've not really been at the top of the card. So it gives them a chance to be like the main focus again. Um but I think if I if I was writing the book, I think I'd have had Roman uh, win the belt. I think that needs to get off Brock, and him to just be proper heel, and just be like, you know, you you lot have been booing me, you know, while I've been trying to win the belt. So now I've won the belt. Screw you all, and just kind yeah, of like no. flip flip the whole situation. Now, see the thing, I think Roman Reigns said it himself, he's like, I don't need to turn hill because everyone's booing me anyway. Yeah. And I think that that's almost like the point of wrestling like now, where it used to be like, uh, certainly in the Attitude Era, you had faces and you had heels. Nowadays, they're not as uh, black and white as face and heel, like good and bad. You will have people like I guess it like harks back to Stone Cold when he was a heel, but people just loved him, and then he had to become a face because he was being cheered all the time. It's like that in a sense. Um, Braun Strowman, he's now doing the heelish things, but or, or uh, people are still going to cheer him. 
similar to uh, Roman Reigns in his behaviour, like in smashing Braun Strowman through the table when Braun Strowman, all he was doing was honestly cashing in his Money in the Bank uh, uh, contract. Mm. And they smash him through the table. That is heel-like behaviour. Mm. That is like, you know, top five of what a heel would do is put someone through a table, not in a match, and, like, gang up on him. Um, because that's what it was. It was gang mentality against Braun Strowman. It was really like heel behaviour. But, of course, that's what the Shield were. When they came into it, they were heels. Mm. But when they came into it, people were cheering them when they were bad guys. Now Roman Reigns is a good guy. People are booing him. And again, because people have been saying it for years, you know, about Roman Reigns, but they forget that they were cheering him when he was a bad guy. Um, so, yeah, it, it does. And again, they turned and faced because they were so over when the likes of when they beat Evolution in, what, 2014? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Extreme Rules, I think that was. Um, and again, it was, it was a good match. Um, and they were so over. They were faces. And of course, they're cheering Roman Reigns because he was over. Because he, they liked him. Uh, but now, where WWE, where everyone in the universe seems to know that he's Vince's guy, people don't like that. People don't like being told who to cheer for. And that's why they boo him. But now he's aligned with the Shield, who everyone loves. You know, everyone's going to love Seth Rollins because he's the hardest worker out out in WWE at the moment. Dean Ambrose just got. I've never been a big fan of Dean Ambrose, but he's back now, so people are going to be cheering him. Um, so yeah, I think they've done a great job in kind of repackaging Roman Reigns in that sense, without uh, tweaking his character. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a fair point. Um... I think the product, the product's a bit stale at the moment. Like, like I said, like NXT is just where if you want a good wrestling show, well written characters, good matches, that's what you watch. Um, yeah. Raw and SmackDown just a bit blah at the moment. This and is it. Like, um, I had I had my son asking me about who I think is the best heel in wrestling at the moment, and I had to think about it for WWE because they ain't really sport of a choice for heels. No, not not good ones either. Like. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler and I like Dolph Ziggler. Oh, sorry, no, I like Drew McIntyre. I don't mind Dolph Ziggler, but um, yeah. I can't say they're really great heels. I think the only really good yeah. heel they've got at the moment is probably Shinsuke, and even he's not. You know, this is it. Washy. He, he's gone since he's won the title. He's gone off the boil somewhat. Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking. About it, I'm thinking it could even be Randy Orton due to the way that he's come back and been in a feud with Jeff Hardy. He's actually been really clinical as a bad guy, Boy, but then you look awesome. at, but then you look at the um, the bad guys in NXT, and you're spoiled for choice. Mm-hmm. There are so many excellent heels, and God forbid they come to WWE and get buried. But it seems that this weekend is all in, mm-hmm. and this um, I think. Uh, one of the people involved in it, not like the Bucks or Cody, but one of them said that this is their dig at WWE. Um, and I think the dig is that they've got too much talent and they don't know what to do with it. It's true. Um, 
because and it's why SmackDown is now a superior show because they've got less uh, wrestlers and they've got more time that they can actually do stuff with the people that they've got. Um, there is far too many people on Raw that they can't give enough airtime to the segments that we used to watch on Monday Night Raw when it used to be two hours long. I was going to say, and now it's three hours long. It just feels like an absolute slog. Yeah. It seems to go on forever. It's just not... And this was the thing. Because um, I went to see uh, SmackDown uh, live at the O2 Arena, and even though that's only two hours long, it felt like a, like you you was knackered by the end of it mm. uh, because it was a slog. And we went to see the house show the other night at the O2, and it was an absolute blast. It was like they've I've seen house shows before, and they've really like they are the masters of this now. They obviously know how to put on the show, and they've um, they've nailed it now. Um, it's such uh, in future. If it's a choice between going to see a Raw, SmackDown, or House Show, House Show is the way. They wow. are just so much more fun, um, and it's non-stop. Uh, at no point do you need to catch your breath. It's just got such a brilliant pace to it. And it's just you can see the wrestlers are having fun. They're there to entertain rather than do what they're told to do or say the script that they're meant to do and have the match. They're just out there having fun. All of them are just really enjoying it. They're so they're feeding off the crowd. And it was just so much fun. The time, it was three hours and it flew. SmackDown was two hours and it dragged. And that was with Styles versus Nakamura. Mm. Um, it was brilliant. There was not one dull match. Probably the worst match of the cards was Ronda Rousey against Alexa Bliss because Ronda Rousey for me isn't anywhere close to being ready. Um, and Do you Alexa say she's greener than... She's so green, man. She's so green. You compared it to the Jolly Green Giant? She's greener. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. Um... Absolutely. Honestly, I was flinching Whenever, like, she was doing her, certainly before the arm bars, when she's doing any sort of takedowns, flinching because it just looks so stiff. But I mean, could that just be because she's so good at doing it? You know that you you feel that it's it's actually been no, green. No, I'm not, no, I'm not feeling it, man. Okay, you'll get there, but it's just, uh, and I can understand, like, because she's the one who has elevated uh, women's combat. Um, in this uh, sporting environment, because she was absolutely one from U- uh, UFC, like she put women to be in the main event, yeah. And now she's going to be ahead to the first women's pay per view. Um, so it's only fair that she is there and she is main eventing. And thankfully, she's main eventing against Steph, so that'll be, uh, you know, that's what the is, is that. Is that where it's going to be? Oh, of course, it is. That's what the women's evolution is all about, isn't it? Getting a McMahon involved in the main event, um, it's almost guaranteed. I mean, they are. I can see her getting involved. Now, the thing is, I can see her getting involved, but again, I think this is where wrestling struggles somewhat in the same sense that Game of Thrones does, I guess, because there's so many different opinions and theories and predictions that kind of outweigh what really happens. Um, I think what should happen it's rather than Steph faces Ronda, because Steph was quality at WrestleMania, by the way, mm. but Steph should get the 
NXT Women's Champion to come and face Ronda Rousey, Champion v Champion, steps in her corner with Triple H. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'd take that. I'd buy that for a dollar. Um, yeah. Rather than another one-on-one between them two. Um, because I, yeah, the last thing uh, I wanted to talk about with regards to wrestling is rumour going around at the moment, WrestleMania next year, Rock versus Roman. Um, seen yeah, it a few that. times. You know, yeah, do, you, do you think you do you think you'd have it? I, I'd have it. Yeah, I'd, it's a rock, man. I've been watching a lot of old wrestling, like a lot of the rock coming out. And if there's an opportunity to see the rock wrestling the main event again, man, I'm ready for that. I tell you I'd what, if you it. want a treat, if you want an absolute treat, go go on the network. No way out, 2003. And yeah. The Rock coming awesome. out, No Way Out 2003. It was uh, Rock versus Hogan Part 2. And uh, it was just yeah. when The Rock became Hollywood Rock. Yeah, yeah. And it's the first time he, he really comes out. He comes out to his, his heel music for the first time. And yeah. it's just, it's like the reaction is just incredible. Such a oh. good reaction from the crowd. Like, you know, just, just booing the absolute shit out of him as you know he wanted um but yeah. it's 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 almost the opposite reaction to what happened at uh wrestlemania the year before just, just really yeah. classly classy done by him just and no, you know I'm it shows out. just how good he was you know yeah. i don't think you know at the time when all that was going on i wasn't i was like you know what i'm quite happy for him to just piss off and do films now but you go yeah. back and watch and you think he was so good at doing what he was doing not oh, in bad. the ring, but like necessarily, but just in the way he'd, he'd have the crowd in his hand, whether he wanted them to cheer him or boo him, he could but, control them so well. Because he's regarded as the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, and the reason for that is because you felt the electricity from him. He oozes charisma. Yep. You know, as soon as that music hits, you get the goosebumps, you get the hair sticking up. You know, because he is that electrifying. Yeah, it's true. But the funny thing is, I was talking to, uh, it was my mum who took me to my first ever wrestling show. I believe it was 1997. It was at London Arena. Mm. Um, and I was talking about, like, because she was um, uh, like impressed that I even remember going to see it. And now I'm telling her about, like, what the matches were. Because I remember Undertaker for Mankind and No DQ match. Um, I remember the Goodwins were there. Uh, the Godwin, sorry. Yeah. Um, they fought against uh, Bulldog and Owen. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Bret Hart against Vader. Um, it was Stone Cold against Psycho Sid. Jeez. Um, yes, yeah, so yeah, it's a wicked card. But I was like, oh, I can't remember who else was there. And so I, caught, I found a card. Like someone like you know, it's all his websites. I found a card, and the first one, the first match was a Barry Horowitz match. Jesus Christ! If you remember that guy, I, like, I think Barry he lost. Horowitz. I think he lost like what five hundred matches on a row, and then he beat Skip of the Body Donners in his first win. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was it. So that was the first match, and Barry Horowitz did win. And then the next match, Rocky Maivia versus Justin Bradshaw, who turned out to be JBL. Yeah, probably would have been Hulk Bradshaw at that time as well. No, no, it was it was known as like it was before even Hulk Bradshaw. He was Justin Bradshaw. 
And it was Rock had been in WWF for six months, and yeah. Bradshaw was the same sort of time. Yeah, because it was Survivor Series '96 when it, that he debuted. Rock, I'm t- Rocky. I'm talking about yeah. not uh, JBR, but yeah. Oh, if, if, if it was '96, then it was yeah, because it was because I checked the date of his debut, so six months after. So yeah, it would been like um, yeah, it would been '96, and then we went to see it. No, no, it's like Safari says 96 would have been like November, wouldn't it? So six months after that, you're looking at early 97, maybe March, April time. Yeah, yeah. So, either way, yeah. A, Man, a different that's... rock. You wouldn't have expected him to have done what he ended up doing. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. I'll try and find the match. I can't find on YouTube. I can't find anywhere. I'll try and find the match. You probably won't. I mean, if it was, a, if it was just a, a house show, very, very rare that they record those things. They do on occasion. If they know something's going to happen, they'll they'll normally set some cameras up. But generally, what goes on at a house show, you, you don't see. That's why, like the curtain call, you only ever see really poor footage of it because it wasn't actually being filmed by yeah, them. Yeah. So, um, cool. Right, before we sign off, was there anything else you wanted to bring to the table? Uh, are you Are you going to watch All In tomorrow night? I'm not because yeah, I'm not paying for it. Um, it's forty dollars, man. Jesus, yeah, I'm definitely. It's got to be a cheaper way, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I just wait for the torrents going back to the illegal streaming earlier later on. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, I you know, I, it's good what they've done. Um, you know, they've sold out ten thousand seats, over ten thousand seats yeah. of the thing. They've done really well. They've made money. Good luck to them, um, but I'm I'm just not that bought into it to spend forty dollars on it. Yeah. Just me, I'm sure people will. I'll be interested to see what happens, and I'll, I'll look forward to seeing the results. But um, yeah, hope it all goes well. To be honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's my thoughts on all in. I hope it all goes well. That's a nice. That's a nice yeah, way. Yeah, like I just it. watched. I watched um, the the highlights. Really, they were the lowlights of. Um, Triple Mania from Mexico last week, which is like yeah. the Mexican version of WrestleMania, and I mean there was so much went wrong on that pay per view. It was it was. I, I saw I saw quite a lot of it via Botch Mania. Yeah, so you know that that's what I mean by that. Good luck to him. I hope nothing like that happens to him tomorrow. That's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I meant by that comment. Um, yeah, was there was there any other kind of topics or anything like that you wanted to discuss? Or are you quite happy to just bugger off? Yeah, I think I've lost my voice anyway. Yeah, that's understandable. Well, how, how long's this one? How long's this one gone for? Two ten. That's not too bad. That's, that's short for me. So, um, well, uh, are we able to send a copy of Goosebumps to anyone who uh, writes in and says they listen to all of it? Uh, I'll see if I can find another copy of it. You're not having my private no, okay. copy because my daughter wants to watch it. But can you not? Can you not sign it? Can you and your daughter not sign it and send it as a prize? Would it be worth That'd it? That'd be a nice it? thing. I'm a celebrity now. Yeah. I mean, you know, triple Z list celebrity, but, you know, people know who I am. Celebrity soap dish. <laughs> Hollywood soap dish. Um, well, I suppose in that case, we'll wrap it up, and I suppose we'll probably get together and record another one of these in about four months at this going, rate. Yeah. Maybe if we just cut this one out, like do 15 minutes every week, and then we can do one in the... <laughs> do it as a serial. Um... Yeah, I mean, you will hear 
hopefully you'll hear more of Y2 soon because we're supposed to be doing another podcast with our Craig, which yeah. we'll, just, we'll, we'll tell you about in future episodes of this. But um, well, It's all about stealing cast areas. Well, it's what they know best. It's what Scousers yeah. know best, so it is how best to steal cast stereos. Um, but Y2, thank you, as always, for joining me. Thanks um, for having me. It's been a pleasure. That's what you say to someone when you go around their house or something, and they're like, could you imagine going around like your mate's house when you was a kid and you didn't say thanks for having me to their parents? That It'll be obscene. You wouldn't be going back. You wouldn't be going back. No, no, you certainly wouldn't be right, would you? No, no. No, no. Thanks for having me. Yeah, there's, there's, I've noticed a lack of respect. Today, I had to tell my daughter off because I could hear, like I was working upstairs, and mm. I could hear her. They were having, uh, they were playing about. Lindsay was teasing her, and she said, "If you don't give me that, I'll smack you." Right. And I come down the stairs, and I was like, "Right, let's talk about this," because like I couldn't understand where she where she'd got it from because we've never, uh, you know, neither one of us has ever like threatened to like smack her for being naughty or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to kind of get to the bottom. You know, where did you hear it? You know, and all this, and she couldn't really explain it, but she realised that she really shouldn't have said it. She was going, "I was, I was just joking. I was just joking. I wouldn't have really done it." I was like, "Yeah, but I just need you to understand that you know it's wrong." Um, if I'd have said that to my parents, I would have got a smack, probably around the chops, maybe on the bot bot. But that's the eighties, isn't it? Uh, I suppose disciplining kids. That's another podcast we can do. I suppose. Uh, I love how you wrap things up by bringing another topic to the table. Yeah, it's a very short one. Just a lot of penis. Yeah. So, yeah. thank you very much, dear listener. Thanks for, for having me. The last two and a quarter hours. Um, Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure never to have Y2 on a podcast. So thank you very much. And, um, I don't know, we do like doing these, surprisingly. Jesus, we don't like saying goodbye, do we? Bloody hell. No, no, no. Hell. You've, got, you've got to drag it out. You've got to drag I it out a little bit. Say goodbye. But we will try and not leave it four months between episodes. So um, enjoy the rest of your summer, and we'll catch you later on. I think summer's finished. <laughs> Jesus. Say, say goodbye, Y2. Wet. Bye, Y2. There you go. Hello there, dear listener. Now, have you ever listened to a podcast and thought, I'd really like to support those guys, but I just don't know how to do it? (laughs) Well, then you're in luck. There are now two ways for you to be able to support us. The first is by going to our Spreadshirt page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash After Dark Network. Here, you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do. The other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash disafterdark. Any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on Patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the After Dark Network. On behalf of the other After Dark Podcast Network hosts, We thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and thank you for your continued support.
podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.